Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Listen, Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Mannix, Yahoo Sports. Karan Butler, two-time All-Star NBA champion. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. For the rare occasion, Karan and I are both here in Los Angeles together Sharing the studio while Karan tries to fix his headphones, which are problematic. How you doing, Karan? You all right there? I'm doing good, bro. Good. You still have a little technical difficulties right before the show. That's what you get for rolling in with your own cans there. Yeah, man. I'm just <laughs> missing my guy, but I'm back. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there right, you go. There you go. Back at it. Uh, what's up, man? How you been? Been good, man. A lot of traveling. Yeah, watching you from Bounce, afar. Just yeah, bouncing around, man. Just trying to just trying to collect a check. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah, man. Just stacking it up. Just trying to collect. Yeah, stacking <laughs> it up. Right. How, do you stack ones up? Is that how it works? Do you just can you stack those? You can keep stacking them. Just you know, build a little pyramids. <laughs> all right, we have a lot to get into today, and we were arguing about some stuff earlier. We're just gonna take it right back uh, onto the. I want to begin though, Quran, and we'll get to LeBron James, his signing. We didn't get a chance to touch on that. Uh, last week, some other free agents, the Lakers doing some crazy things. But I want to begin with uh, DeMarcus Cousins, a guy that you're very familiar with, a former teammate. You and I have talked about Cousins on the air a lot over the last couple of months. And I, we were both kind of in agreement that Cousins was looking for big money. You'd said max over and over again here uh, on these airwaves. He turns around last week and does a complete 180. Instead of asking for max dollars, he effectively takes kind of a minimum deal, a one-year $5 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. How surprised were you when you found out that Cousins was going this route? I was surprised because no one actually offered him a contract. That's why I was extremely surprised because when, you, when you're in this space, right, it, it goes to show you that it's a lot of, you know, um, not 
so smart people in front office. Because if you have a big, like a DeMarcus Cousins, coming off a season where he's having 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 4-plus assists and steals and everything, fishing guy, on the market, rehabbing, trying to get back, and you know it's going to take him some time to get back to a better version of himself, you take a chance on that. I see people take chance on less talented guys, uh, overpaying guys in certain situations, and you have a perennial all-star like him, uh, still young, able to recover from this injury. We've seen a lot of guys do uh, with technology and everything that's, that, that has changed. You, you take a chance on a guy like DeMarcus Cousins. I got the sense, and my counter to that is, when I talk to teams about Cousins and why he wasn't getting the offers that he wanted to get, one of the things that I was told back a couple of times was, we're not really interested in paying big money for him to rehab that first year. In other words, the teams that were looking at Cousins long-term were saying, look, he wants 15 20 million dollars per year that first year is basically going to be a wash. Now, I agree with you. I think it's way too early to write off DeMarcus Cousins as a player because of this injury, but because of the timing of the injury happening in January uh, and rehab being what it is, 9 to 12 months, and knowing right now that Cousins isn't even at the point of playing 5-on-5, five five, you know, it, that's, that, that's, that was a concern for some teams out there, a lot of teams out there, that they don't want to pay him $20 million per year or $20 million in this first year to effectively kind of rehab his way back into the court. That's number one. Number two, uh, you know, truth or fiction, like it or not, there are questions about what kind of impact he has in the locker room. There are questions about um, is he going to be kind of a pain in the backside when he's in that locker room. And a lot of teams out there ruled him out immediately because of that, forgetting the injury right there. So I think the the pool of teams, Karan, that were interested in DeMarcus in the first place were somewhat limited. And the injury on top of it, it eliminated everybody, including the Pelicans. Yeah, when you're trying to, you know, uh, buy assets or anything, you buy what? Low? Yep. Sell? High. Yep. It's a no-brainer. Like, you're looking at DeMarcus Cousins, his stock is going to improve. He's going to be better. He's going to get healthy at some point. This was a great opportunity to show him and, and trust him and say, look, we know you're going to get back right. We're going to give you a three-year deal right here with a fourth-year uh, organization option. You know, we're going to take a chance on you. Now you, you instill that loyalty and everything in him. And then now going forward, the better he performed, he's going to remember that you was the team, the organization that took the chance on him, and he's going to show that loyalty when it comes time to negotiations. And I think that's the way you go about it. Some people is going to watch him, and then once he wins a ring this year with the Golden State Warriors and then get all the way healthy, now he's going to terrorize you know, pretty much all the teams that his agent had conversations with because they disrespected him. So now you got to deal with him anyway. I'd rather have him in the locker room. And you can mold him and you can help shape him because Sacramento was a circus act for years. Mm-hmm. Not his fault. All these guys are young men. They're kids. We're watching Summer League right now. They're kids. They're 17, 18, 19-year-old young men coming into the game trying to learn how to be a professional. And when you go places where that's not uh, established already, people veer off on the wrong path. So it's all just about being with the right organization. What do you think of the narrative that the Warriors are killing the NBA? That you know, you add DeMarcus Cousins, a guy that's been an all-star, what, five times, eventually he's going to work his way back into the mix. And what they're doing essentially is replacing JaVale McGee and Zaza Pachulia with DeMarcus Cousins. And look, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, and 
you know, I know people have said, well, not sure what DeMarcus will be when he comes back. To me, this is a this makes it a wrap. I mean, Golden State was already the best team in basketball by a pretty significant amount. Made even better, I would add, right. by the fact that the Rockets uh, lost Trevor Reza, which is a big hit for them. Now you have a big gap anyway. You add Cousins to the mix, it's it's almost pointless to, I mean, not pointless to play out the postseason, but you get to the finals, you know who's going to win. Now, what is then people have said that is terrible for the NBA. Where do you stand on that? Man, look, like 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 they say on the block, if you're scared, get a dog. You know what I mean? If you're scared, get a dog. That Look, you got to compete. You have to compete. And what's happening is they're they're doing an exceptional job. They're doing a better job than everyone else. They're front office folks, uh, you know, getting guys to buy into the culture, everything. And people got to compete. They got to do a better job. You're going to have to spend money to compete against them. You're going to have to make your destination appealing for, you know, free agents and guys that's not, you know um, – in need of the big contracts or whatever. Like, you know what? I believe in the culture that these guys created. I like the style that they play. Uh, I want to come join them so we can potentially knock off the Golden State Warriors. And I think Houston is trying to create that with Chris Paul and James Harden and the rest of those guys. I feel like Trevor Ariza was a huge loss for them. But they're trying to create that same atmosphere. But other than that, San Antonio, they're having cultural problems because their face of the franchise don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh you look in the Eastern Conference, that's wide open now with your team, the Boston Celtics. LeBron James over here now trying to rebuild something with the Lakers. It's just different now. So I feel like it's only two organizations out there that can possibly compete with them, and everybody else is just like conversation, but they're not the story. There are a lot of players. Usually it's media bellyaching and, and, and outside pundits bellyaching, but there are a lot of players that were tweeting like, come on, man, Like, what is this with Cousins going there? Jay Crowder had a tweet about it. Patrick Beverly, I saw, had a tweet about it. So this isn't just... You know, media members, you know, saying, "Ah, oh, he's ruining the league." Players, it seems like, feel like that's, in to some ways, the case. Listen, in 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 all actuality, at the end of the day, if the Golden State Warriors do well, everyone does well. When you're looking at BRI and basketball-related income and the NBA thriving, and everybody saying, you know, everybody need a villain. The Warriors become the the NBA darlings to the villain of the NBA. Everybody's like, come on, man. This can't happen again. DeMarcus Cut. now that's must-watch television. It's it's a storyline. You know, it's so many plots. LeBron in Los Angeles, so many storylines, so many plots. Like, he's in the, uh, the biggest market for basketball, the tradition of the Lakers and all that. Like, it's good for the NBA. It's great for the NBA. It's great for us. You know, we're in business. We're in Los Angeles. It's great for us. So, like, when you look past that first layer initially, it's great for everyone. I don't have a problem with Cousins taking that deal because what did people want him to do? Take a one-year, $5 million deal from Cleveland? Did he want him to go to Memphis for a year and take it? Once he realized that the market was non-existent for him, taking that one-year deal and that taking it was going to make sense, he did what he should have done. He called Boston. He called Golden State. He said, you know what? Screw it. If I'm going to have to take this little money, I'm going to give put myself in the best chance to win a championship. And look, even though he called Boston, that was never real because... He had a relationship with Durant, with Klay Thompson, with Steph Curry, these USA basketball teammates. It made the most sense to go there. And Cousins, you and I were talking before the show, he can rehabilitate that image to some degree. For, you know, the body's first and foremost. you got to get that body right if anybody's going to sign you. But if he goes there and is not complaining about playing 15, 20, 25 minutes per game, if he wins a championship, that is going to kind of reshape the opinion of him across the NBA. Look, they got a culture which we all appreciate. 
They do an excellent job with their culture of just winning, everybody sacrificing themselves. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to buy into that. He's going to accept that with open arms. And that's a great thing for him, and it's only going to enhance his value on the open market next season. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what that market's going to be. He's going to have to come back at full strength. I mean, teams going to be watching him closely before they offer what he wants them to offer. Now, if he comes back, there's always going to be offers for him. Late 20s, big man, one of the most skilled guys in basketball. But to get the kind of capital he's looking for, he's going to have to come back all the way healthy. At the beginning of this season, who was the best uh, big man in basketball? Uh, Everybody healthy. Dwight Howard. Stop it. <laughs> uh, it, it. He had to step away from the mic. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> He wouldn't get picked in top five in, in the open run. Was right there, right there. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Demarcus Cousins, and then what? Joel B. Joel and Anthony yeah. Davis. One yeah, of, you, one any of, but Demarcus Cousins was the best big man, and still is in my eyes. When healthy, the best big man in basketball. Mm-hmm. So you telling me that a guy can't go on the open market when completely healthy in his late twenties? In the style that he plays, like he don't play a bang style basketball. He may bang you, but most importantly, he's operating on the perimeter. He can knock down shots consistently. He got a, he got a wet ball, third strat, uh, splash brother now. Oh boy, <laughs> it's going down, man. Third splash brother. Okay, now you're just going off the ledge there. <laughs> All right, Chris and Garan here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. For a free rate quote today, Le- uh, Karan mentioned Los Angeles. LeBron James, he is going to be a Laker. We think at some point he has yet to sign his contract, but the pieces around Le- uh, LeBron have been put in place. And some interesting pieces they are. We'll get into that next. Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Look at that look, though. <laughs> oh, I miss Tom Petty. Come back, Tom Petty. He had that bite, you know. Passed too soon. It's Chris and Garan here, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, All right. Come on, Chris. Don't hit me with the dice roll now. Oh, no, 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 no. The cameras are rolling in here, so we know who did the dice thing. All right? The dice thing's never been my thing. I'm more like Will Smith and Hitch, man. I just do the left to right. Little left, left to right. right movements there. I don't, nothing, I don't, I don't get out of my lane too far. Cha, cha, real Sometimes when you get about, you know, like seven Bud Lights or more deep, you go a little little harder. Yeah, I forget. But it's uh, it's all right. Uh, all right, LeBron James is a Laker. Well, we think, right? LeBron James has not signed his contract with the Lakers yet. Are we having a DeAndre Jordan 2.0 situation here? No. Are we going to be barricaded in LeBron's house in Cleveland? Kevin Love comes over. Tristan Thompson comes over. Hey, man, don't leave Cleveland. They'd be like the Jets, like the, the emojis the, that they were throwing <laughs> up there. No, nah, he's going to be signed there. He's, he's locked in. But, but because it's for... As much for off-the-court reasons as it is for on. I mean, LeBron's trying to build his brand, his empire out in Los Angeles, and that's a big part of all this. Um, if it was just about the basketball, he would have found his way to Houston probably for you know, a one-year deal or, or something like that. But he's got you know broader uh, aspirations. What I do find amusing, Karan, is that there's now this narrative out there that the Lakers are going to do things differently. The Lakers have found a better way to utilize LeBron James. You know that small ball stuff they tried in Miami? No, 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 no. You know in Cleveland, the floor spacing, trying to find as many shooters as possible? No, 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 no. We're going to surround LeBron with playmakers. We're going to put him with guys that can have the ball in their hands and can do something with it. That's why we signed Rajon Rondo. That's why we signed Lance Stevenson. That's why we signed JaVale... No, not JaVale McGee. That doesn't apply to JaVale (laughs) McGee. 
But they're going to try to do play him through the post more and surround him with guys that are comfortable with the ball in their hands. What a load of nonsense. What a bunch of spin that somebody <laughs> is buying. How are you buying this, people? America, how are you buying this load of crap? The Lakers are surrounding LeBron James with guys that barely shoot 30% from three-point range. Rondo and Lance Stevenson career, 30% from three-point range. What are they doing? You make some sense of this. Tell me why this can work on any level. Because all I'm thinking, Karan, is that LeBron's going to catch the ball in the post, and he's going to have four guys on him because they know that three other guys can't shoot the ball with uh, if, if they're open. Well, I, he's going to catch the ball in the post, and no one's going to double-team him. Because I haven't seen people double-team LeBron since uh, 2009. That, that's just what happens. Like Everybody watches the show. You know, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's doing an excellent job of catching the ball where he know where the double team, where the second line of defense is coming from, and he's able to operate. Now, he's going to be able to do that even more so now because you're going to have more playmakers and guys that can create and do some things like Brandon Ingram, John Rondo, Kyle Kuzma is going to be excellent. I see him working a lot in the summer. Uh, he's going to be able to knock down shots also. And – you know, ho- hopefully Lonzo Ball takes that step forward too. If healthy, get out there and start making shots, make the adjustments that he needed needed to make, and they can add some depth to that that back end of that bench. Possibly Carmelo Anthony, Jamal Crawford, guys are out there, and then you're talking about, hey man, you you, you got a good team. I-, I want some of the Kool Aid that you and Magic are drinking from right now. I want I want to know I want this I want to figure out how anyone is buying into this at all. You said that no they don't double team LeBron and you're right. The biggest reason that teams didn't double team LeBron in recent years is because LeBron's so adept at finding open shooters. He's so good at it because you send a double, he sniffs it out before it even gets there and he's got an open shooter. But it's different if you have Kyle Korver lurking out there in the perimeter. Even J.R. Smith, who can be counted on more than Lance Stevenson or Rajon Ronald to make a three-pointer. They don't have guys you can count on. So I think they're going to double more than they've ever seen before and make the Lakers prove that they can make outside shots. It, we we talked about this off-air, and now we're on air, so we got to bring this yes. up. All playoff season, who caught, who, like, who caught a real rhythm for the Cleveland Cavaliers? Tristan Thompson. Is he a shooter? No, of course not. He's a layup dunker. Yes. All right. So he's a duck in guy. He's a you know pick and roll, get to the rim. So that that's my point. Like you have guys that can actually play make and take the pressure off LeBron and do some things with the basketball or create opportunities for themselves. And I think that they're going to be okay. They're going to be hovering around somewhere the six, the seventh, the five in the Western Conference playoff seating. They're going to make the playoffs for the first time in five years since Kobe went down with the Achilles. Dwight Howard was on the NBA roster with the Los Angeles Lakers. And LeBron is going to get possibly the MVP of the regular season because he's going to lead them, the Lakers, to a playoffs. And you know everything is bigger in Los Angeles. I know you're a Boston guy, and y'all can have the Eastern Conference, and LeBron's going to have the headlines and the storylines, and he's going to be – you know, the momentum already started. Everybody's already saying, look, he should have got the MVP last year. James Harden had it one hell of a year. But LeBron, what he did in the playoffs was just amazing. And now he's going to take that momentum, bring it to the Los Angeles Lakers, and we're just going to be here celebrating. They're probably, and look, there probably should be an award for most outstanding player with the postseason included. I think the MVP's fine as it is because 
it's it's unfair. It's a regular season award, and they, those awards should be regular season awards. But if we're going to do those goofy award shows, I know you were there. You were at that stupid <laughs> award show. We got to call it something else. Like what LeBron did. Like yeah. look, Molson, most like, awesome. Like this, this, this is incredible. Like that's 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 what the award got to be called. Yeah, this is incredible award. <laughs> the, like the, the incredible, the yeah. Incredibles three. The, yeah, incredible. that's that's what it, it has to be something because what we've seen from him this past season and, and how he was able to carry that team literally like it was just like wow. Yeah, I agree. You agree? I agree. It was unbelievable. The postseason was unbelievable. I understand, and I voted for James Harden largely because. I thought LeBron had his worst defensive season in a decade. I, you know, he could still dial it up to a ten and play high level defense when he wanted to, but because the burden was so much on him offensively, he took so many plays off. I mean, he just mailed in defensive possessions. And and James Harden, not a great defender, but his team was a top ten ranked defensive team. So I factored that in when submitting my vote. Let's not forget James Harden had an awesome offensive year. Like he was really good. Uh, for the Houston Rockets. So I had oh. no problem. But you're right. There should be an award for, for LeBron down the stretch. But to turn it back here real quick. The Lakers are going to stink. Like, they'll be better, but they're still going to stink. Are they making the playoffs? Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes. I, how can they stink if they're going to make the playoffs? Because LeBron is so great that he's going to carry them into a playoff first. But I think they're going to be the eighth seed. It took 40s, what, 47 wins to make the playoffs this year in the Western Conference? The Lakers won 35 last year. What's LeBron James worth? Win-wise. 15 wins. 15 wins. You think they get the 50. That still only puts you at, like, the, the seven seed at, at best. I'll take it. Okay. Like, I, I, we're on the same page there, but this is, the, the narrative is so dumb. It is so dumb that this is the type of team that's going to maximize LeBron James. Put it another way, Karan. Next summer, the big summer for the Lakers, right? When all these contracts come off the books that's again. The summer. Big summer. Do you think they're going to try to look for guys that, uh, uh, like Rondo and Lance Stevenson and Guys like that, or are they going to look for like you know shooters, guys that LeBron can play off of? Are they going to try to look the way every other team that's had LeBron James has tried to play? I'm going to go the latter. I'm going to say this is a one off for the Lakers. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think it's a one off for the Lakers, but I also think it's a situation where you see, all right, this is exactly what we need at this point of his career. Because you said at some point he's going to taper off and tail yeah. off, right? I mean, he has to. I mean, it's like he don't have to do nothing. Father time undefeated, man. That's yeah. why you're sitting here with me and not out there on the yeah, floor. Yeah, right? but I got 15 years yeah, in, and exactly. LeBron got 15, and he's still jumping higher <laughs> than the – look, man, he putting the star on top of the Christmas tree yeah, still. He's, I'm just saying – so it happens. it's like Bernard Hopkins in boxing, man. Happens slower for some people. No, Bernard was out. He just had great defense, but LeBron's different. I Floyd in boxing. Okay, his defense is kind of going under the radar. Yeah, all right. I, okay, we go with Floyd. We go, that's, we go that's Floyd. That's my guy. That's, I, I roll with Floyd. Yeah, go Floyd there. But, but man, he's it's it's amazing. It's amazing to see what he's been capable of doing and able to do. And I just see him performing at this level that we've seen this past season for the next three years. Three years. So, But you're, you're basically, as far as championships go, you're mailing in this season. It's not a championship team oh, in Los no. Angeles. No. So what you have... Even with Kawhi Leonard. Even with Kawhi Leonard, not a championship team. They don't get out of the West even with Kawhi Leonard. No, nah, they, they make it real interesting. Yes. But, I mean, come on, man. It's This year, uh, last year, this year, will still be the Golden State Warriors invitation. Yeah, and look, next year, you know, you've been on teams that have tried. Like, it's hard to put together a team. Like, let's say they go out next summer and even sign Kevin Durant. Like, let's say Durant wants to come down to Los Angeles and play for the Lakers after winning his third championship uh, in Golden State. And probably third finals MVP. Exactly. He'll have Oof. a lot of options. And I, I've been saying this for a long time. Don't count on Durant staying. I don't think Golden State's Durant's last stop. I do not believe I that. I don't either. At, at, at all. And I, I think this could be, even be his last year in Golden State if he winds up winning a championship 
winning a finals MVP. I also don't discount, you know KD better than I do, I don't discount him going back to Oklahoma City at some point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either or happened because you've you seen the same thing with LeBron James, right? He le- he leaves Cleveland and he goes to the Miami. He mm-hmm. joins the big or forms the big three with him, you know, being the guy. And they, they, they run off some championships, had, you know, a hell of a run. And then all of a sudden he goes back somewhere where, you know, now I know how to win. I know how to get it done. I know what it takes. And he has that, that uh, reinsurance from his teammates and everyone watching him that they believe in the process of what he's going to, you know, where he's going to lead them. So it, I could see that happening. It always, I think it's always going to stick with Kevin Durant that people will believe, wrongly, I would say, that he's a bandwagon jumper. That always is going to bother him because he's a guy that's on social media all the time. Karan, he's checking his mentions. He's looking at these egg bots that are, like, whacking him for going to Golden State. Like, oh, you couldn't do it with Oklahoma City. You still suck, KD. Like, he reads this stuff. He reads and he looks at it. It's ridiculous, but he reads it. And because of that, though, I can see next summer, let's say Oklahoma City with Paul George under contract, with Russell Westbrook under contract, let's say they're like the five seed next year. You don't think Kevin Durant, in some recess of his mind, might be thinking, you know, I go back there, I win a championship. Yeah. I, and Sam Presti's smart enough to create the cap room necessary to bring him back into that mix. Absolutely. And why not? You know, you, you do anything. And they didn't burn that bridge. They didn't burn the bridge the way that Dan Gilbert burned the bridge, you know, seven years ago. Yeah, he didn't he didn't write a, a novel or no. nothing like that. He just let, left left it alone. Yeah. And, you know, you're trying to get the budding stars and Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant to, you know, see eye to eye, see, the, see those guys, you know, starting to act a little more friendly at the All-Star games mm-hmm. and stuff like that, which is just so important, man, because at the end of the day, they have so much history and you can't talk about either of them without mentioning the other. So. Yep. It, it was good and refreshing to see that. And you know Westbrook. He wants to win. So if Durant could help him win, I think he'd take him back Absolutely. into that mix. All right, it's Chris and Garan here on Fox Sports Radio. When we come back, I want to take a deeper dive into the Lakers. Another of Karan Butler's former teammates, Rajon Rondo. How will Rondo mix with Lonzo Ball or how will Rondo mix with LeVar Ball? First, let's check in with Ralph Irvin, see what's going on up there. What's up, Ralph? Well, thank you very much, guys. And the Sunday Major League Baseball schedule gets underway at the top of the hour, just after 1 o'clock Eastern, with a quartet of games. They'll all start at 1.07 with the Yankees in Toronto to face the Blue Jays. Also amongst those games, first place in the American League Central, the Cleveland Indians will be hosting Oakland. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Phoenix has locked down Devin Booker, getting the young star to sign off in a five-year, $158 million deal with the Suns. Sacramento's Marvin Bagley III will have an MRI Monday to look at his hip and groin. That after he suffered some injured feeling, well, he wasn't feeling so well, let's put it that way. During the NBA Summer League, he is expected to miss at least a couple of games. And gentlemen, it is official. The Chicago Bulls have announced that they have matched the offer sheet that Sacramento offered Zach Levine, so he is staying in the Windy City. Way to go, Sacramento Kings. God, who is running things out there at your old organization? Four years, $80 million for Zach Levine? They should be thanking their lucky stars that Chicago matched that offer, Karan. Thanking, because they already have guards. They have Bogdanovich, who is one of the better young two guards in the league. They just start trading for Buddy Heald. They want a superstar. Is Zach Levine a superstar? He sells tickets. Oh, no, no, he doesn't. He to jumped, where? He jumps over the moon. Oh, Slam deal. dunk champ. So didn't like Harold Miner and like Isaiah Ryder. Like, yeah, in the 80s, it's different. 
Eighties and nineties. Like, well, look, you tell every, me, Zach Levine sells tickets. Everything is trending now. Look, man, you see Levine on a fast break. Man, gonna take it through the legs twice, three eighty, and do all type of. Cr- oh yeah, I need him. Yeah, they do it in the big three too. But like, what uh, imagine what Vlad uh, Vladi was on give up with the second pick. There was discussion. There was discussions, and I know this for a fact, of possibly giving up that second pick to the San Antonio Spurs to yep. acquire Kawhi. Yep. For a year. Yep. A rental, like just to take them for a year as a rental and try to sell them on Sacramento's culture. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's sell them on, that's like selling real estate at Chernobyl. Like that's <laughs> how, how you sell a, a Kawhi Leonard on Sacramento's culture. How do you do that? You played there. You know what it's like there. It's not, you know, the, the romper room it was, you know, at that point because George Carl is gone and, and that back and forth is over. Jeez. But they were going to give Zach Levine $80 million. They've got two guys in their early 20s in Bojan Bogdanovic and and uh, and Buddy Heald. And you're going to give Zach Levine $80 million. You want to tie your payroll up with Zach freaking Levine. How about growing your team organically? How about just, I wouldn't even mean to get into this. Like Ralph put the name, but reminded me of this contract. I was just dumbfounded, bumfuzzled by it uh, Any, the other day. Anybody goes to Sacramento, though, you, you're going to get overpaid. You, like that that has to be the carrot to get you in there. You know what I mean? So like you know that the organization has had some down years. So they they're, they're going to overpay talent to possibly come there, you know, just to get you to buy into that and hopefully it start turning around. That's what you have to do because they're not a team that can build in free agency. Right. You know, so they have to overpay you. They, but screw the, they, they got to get you in trades and stuff like that. Yeah, but screw the free agent signings. Like you're not a team going anywhere. Protect your cap space. Until you are one of those teams. You just made what looks like a pretty good pick in Marvin Bagley. I don't know if he's going to be the best player out of that top five. I don't know if he's going to be better than Luka Doncic, but I do think he's going to be a player. you got Harry Giles coming back, and he looked pretty good. Who? Harry Giles, kid from Duke. I know who it is, right, man. I'm, I'm just saying. saying. you throwing all these names I'm out I'm just saying. Like, like, you, you're, like they the second coming. You're starting to build a foundation, at least. Look, with Zach Levine, they're not a playoff team. You still got to develop these guys. Yeah. With the foundation, like who who you got developing these guys? You think Zach Levine's gonna help with that? Like I'm I mean, just... I mean, he's a player. He's a gamer. He was in Minnesota. He went to Chicago. He was obviously injured, but he can play. Like he could put twenty up a night easily. He could be consistent. Doing I that. agree, but it's not like that's a position of need for the Kings. Who's doing it now? Zach Randolph. 38, and he yeah, they, led the team in scoring, bro. Yeah, they want to get rid of Zach. Come Randall, on, so. man. <laughs> they want, uh, you know, they if, need scoring. You know, one of the, the you know, and I, I you're right about the Kawhi Leonard <laughs> stuff in that second pick. One of the trade uh, uh, offers that they were kicking around was like, we'll give you the number two pick. You give us Kawhi, but you've also got to take back our crap. You've got to take back the Zach Levine, or the, the Zach, Levine, Zach Randolph contract. you got to take back Costa Kufo's contract. Oof. you got to take back Willie Cauley-Stein, who they don't want anymore. Like, you're going to take all these guys back. Pop probably said, ah! Yeah, I don't think Pop wanted, up the uh, phone. wanted any part of that. <laughs> but this is what the Kings have become, though. You're right about the overpay. And players, we saw this with, with uh, Wes Matthews a few years back. Players are going to the Kings to get that contract because they know that their teams will match. That they know that, or that their teams will pony up the cash. A guy to keep your eye on, Marcus Smart. Would, would Sacramento, which is clearly doesn't give a damn about position or... Positions of need, would they go out and make an offer for Marcus Smart? Because Marcus Smart's a guy with zero offers out there right now. Nothing. Market's yeah. dry for Marcus Smart. Yeah, him and, and, and Jabari Parker, too. I, yeah, I was trying to keep an eye on him. I was like, okay, I can easily see that. Sacramento? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see oh, that. Oh, yeah. Guy that can't play defense with questionable knee? Absolutely. 
Come on, Kings. <laughs> Kings going to King. People in Sacramento, I get all those bloggers jumping on me all the time. Like, why do you say this about Sacramento? Show me something different. They're good fans, too. Like, the Sacramento Great fans, fans are amazing. They understand the game of basketball from, like, support and being there for your team. But they haven't had no good years since Doug Christie and yeah. Bobby and Vladi. Early and 2000s. Yeah, it's been some time. So they're just, you know, any, any positive is a great thing. You can bring Mike Bibby back. You see him lately? Man, he's swole. What is happening there? Would he pass a drug test today? Barely. He passed a BD test. I don't know how. I don't know how in your late thirties, early forties, whatever Mike Bibby is, that you're packing on that much weight, man. That's, oh man, that's like he should be like what's that Frank Thomas stuff, the Nugenics? He should be doing whatever he's taking. He should be doing a commercial for right now. Hey, make sure you put Mister in front of his name, Mister Mike Bibby. He can be he's pity the fool. He's a power forward now. In this <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right, I want to get into Rondo here. We'll do Rondo actually after the break. Um. Actually, we'll take a break right now. We'll come back a little bit early. I do want to dive into Rondo and Lonzo Ball and the dynamic between Rondo and LeVar Ball with this team. It's Chris and Karan coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easy. We'll be right back. Chris and Karan, Fox Sports Radio. More like it, Chris. It's Chris and Karan. Ron Butler dancing here in studio, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago. All right, so Rajon Rondo is a Laker. That's official. You know, that deal's done. We know Lonzo Ball is still in the Lakers. And <laughs> part of that narrative, Karan, about everything is going to work out perfectly in L.A., Rondo's going to push Lonzo. They'll be able to coexist in the same backcourt. is going to be cool with all of it. Again, what are people smoking out there if you believe that this is going to go seamlessly? Chris, you know what they're smoking. Oh, I know what they're smoking out there. But <laughs> Rondo, as you know, is not going anywhere to be a backup. Rondo doesn't think of himself as a backup. And after the season he had, or the postseason he had in New Orleans, he shouldn't. He shouldn't think of himself as a backup. And Lonzo Ball was the starter in every game, every game of two that he played in last year. Started 50 of the 52 games he played in. He averaged about 35 minutes per game. Does that change when Rondo comes in? Do you think that's going to work between uh, Rondo and Lonzo Ball? Do I think it's going to work? It's going to have to. Because Rondo's on the back end of his career, and he had the Dallas thing already, and you know you just want to continue to capitalize on these opportunities, winning, having uh, a major impact on winning. And then most importantly, to me, I I don't know if this Rondo's case, but I feel like he's going to go into coaching at some point. And if you want to make the seamless transition, this is a great opportunity for you to embrace a young, talented guy that needs development and needs encouragement and all these things where you can show the complete opposite of what everybody thinks is going to happen between you guys. And that'll show a lot of growth on his part. If he comes in, because he's going to compete, that's basketball, that happens. That's how camaraderie is formed and everything. But you help develop uh, ball as much as possible, and I think he will. Uh, I mean, that's optimistic, I think. that's I, I, just, I see Rondo, and you're right about the coaching stuff, but Rondo is also at the point where he's got to be tired of these one-year contracts. He's going from city to city. He's gone from being a guy that you saw kind of on – a Hall of Fame trajectory in Boston. You know, those early years in Boston, he looked like a guy that could be one of the Celtic greats. 
to a guy that's become a journeyman who's moving around back and forth. He's looking still, I know this, he's looking for that one strong deal. And next summer could provide it. Next summer could be the year he could get Karan a three-year deal at, at $10 million per year. It doesn't have to be a max deal, but a three-year, $33 million per year deal. If Dante Exum is worth three years, $33 million, Rajon Rondo coming off a comparable season that he had last year to a contender, I think is worth it. That's why I think you're right. The competitiveness is going to be there, but who's going to be out there on the floor? And who is? And how will the person that's not out there on the floor, how is he going to take it? Because I don't think you can play Rondo and Lonzo together in the same way you played Rondo and Drew Holiday together. I don't think you can do that because, well, first of all, neither one of them is a knockdown shooter. And I don't think you can have a backcourt consisting entirely of guys that can't make shots. So I think one of them is going to be on the floor. And the other part of this is, who does LeBron want on the floor? I mean, LeBron loves high IQ players. Rondo. Rondo is the highest of high IQs in the NBA. Probably top five in the league. Maybe top three in terms of IQ out there on the floor. And LeBron's going to have a say in this. Luke Walton's the coach, but LeBron's going to be saying, like, hey, man, like this guy's got to be out there. Clutch time situations. He's the guy I want to see playing with me. Because he is not going to make the same type of mistakes Alonzo Ball is going to make. And then what does that happen? How does that happen with LeVar? How does he get weaved into all this? There's a lot of, of combustibility there, Karan. It's a lot of storylines. But, you know, I, I think... You know, how people deal with guys. Look, whenever, and this is not Rondo's case, but I'm just, you know, making reference. So whenever you have someone that uh, is going to a contract year, what do they usually do? Play nice. They play nice. Yes. They play hard. They do all the right things. So I think with Rondo's situation, you're you're going to always see, and he's going to get the money. You say, you, you know, a three-year, $30 million? So he's, he's getting nine for this year. Right. And then he's going to get another one-year deal for $10 million. Because the cap is going to go up with so many places and things like that, and it's going to be a spike. And then he's going to get another one year, eleven or nine or whatever. So there you go. There's, there's your three year, thirty some million. You know, but you're going to always see him getting the one year deals and stuff because you're you're going to have teams that's not going to fully commit because they want him to. Because he will be. He's a professional, but they just remember the Dallas thing. They remember that, and they just want him to stay on his best behavior. But I, you know, me being in Sacramento. And I went on record saying this numerous times before, but since we're on the show, I got to say it. Rondo, besides his high basketball IQ, is one of the best teammates I've played with. Mm-hmm. He takes guys in film session. He talks to them. You know, he's 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 dead on with just his relationships with his with his teammates, and I think that's important. And you know, I have a totally different respect for him after playing with him. So it's you know, I think it's going to work out. Well, I mean, look, you're right about that, but. You know, the Kings, Rondo led the league in assists in that last year in Sacramento, and the Kings didn't offer him anything. They said, thanks for coming, see you later, Tripping. enjoy Chicago. Tripping. I mean, but the other part of it is he's a very difficult guy to coach. Like, you have to have a coach that is willing to let Rondo be Rondo. And that's why Alvin Gentry was so good for him. That's why maybe Luke Walt will be good for him because he's kind of a laid-back type of guy. If you have a hands-on coach like Rick Carlisle was, like George Carl was, you can't coexist with Rajon Rondo out there. So I think that limits the pool of teams that are going to go after him uh, to some degree. And, look, I mean, do you think that, 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 I mean, how do you think that Rondo and LeVar Ball interact? Like, LeVar Ball pops off. Rondo, through the media, is going to pop right back at him and basically tell him to sit down and shut up, you know, insult him in some way, shape, or form, and then it's on. And this is another one, like I said, another one of those storylines is Laker team. Yeah, but look, and, and you can't have weak 
personalities or weak individuals in the head coaching spot. Otherwise, it's going to get exposed. When, you, when you're playing with Sharks and you're coaching Sharks and real, like, go-getters, they're, they're going to sniff things out. And when you when you when you get that given that direction or you giving that, hey, look, this is the direction we're going. This is what needs to be done on the court. And if you don't like stand on that, and if they if they smell that or if they 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 smell blood in the water, they're gonna jump all on it. They're gonna eat it up. And and look, that's that's the that's the coaching thing of the NBA. Can have weak people in those positions. And um, you know, veteran guys usually sniff things out. And and I don't think that's the case. I think Luke Walton is great. He's going to understand the personalities of LeBron James, Rondo, and all these guys. I think he's figuring that out right now. Like, I think he's doing his due diligence on, okay, this is what I need to do with this guy. This is what I need to do with this guy because he's extremely passionate about his craft, and he's going to come in with a handbook of so many ways to deal with so many different situations. Well, we know he's doing his diligence with LeBron and how that's working out. He's going to have dinner with Tyron Lue, I believe, tonight, Lou said, and they're going to talk about – uh, coaching LeBron, I just don't know how you navigate not just what you're doing on the floor, how you build a team around LeBron James, but that locker room has such combustible potential. I mean, you know, th- there's a level, there's a level of immaturity, Karan, amongst the guys that were there last year. And I said last year, I wrote this last season, that it was kind of a a all over the place locker room because not a lot of guys in that locker room had real equity with the team because a lot of those guys were either there as mercenaries. A bunch of those guys were either there as or knew they were going to get traded. In the case of Lou Aldang, it's like, do I get traded? Do I get stretched? What happens with my contract? You have the same kind of situation this year where not a lot of guys are looking at this saying, I've got equity with the Lakers. I'm going to be with the Lakers long term. How many can say that? I mean, one? That's really what it is. Everybody else is tradable on that team. Everybody else is going to hear their name in trade rumors involving Kawhi Leonard all season long. Every time you step on the court, it is a what? A job interview that means that you have to be on your best at your best night in and night out I think it's a great situation what magic created of you know just look I'm gonna sign one year one year deals for all these guys and they're gonna have to perform at a high level and that's what LeBron needs he needs guys to be you know the sense of urgency needs to be there consistently and that's exactly what you're going to see from these guys all right, so you're optimistic about the Lakers' chances of doing... I ain't saying they're going to win the championship. I didn't say that either, but you think they're, they're, you gonna, think they're a 50-win team. They're going to compete. LeBron James is is a, is a plus 15 on So they're a 50-win team. They're, they're a 50-win team next year. How many wins they had last 35. year? 35. All right, so 50-win wins. <laughs> I'm going to say they're a 45-win team and barely make the playoffs. All right, a lot more to get to. Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Ah, it's Chris and Karan, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios here in Los Angeles. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote today. Chris Maddox, Yahoo Sports, Karan Butler, two-time All-Star, NBA champion, and future member of the Golden State Warriors. He's here alongside. Are you... Are you- <laughs> Are you uh? Are you gonna? You saw Jonas Jerebko was going to Golden. That's State. my guy. There you go. Listen, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm so happy for Jonas. Are you want to do a uh, segment on Jonas Jerebko? What's, what's yeah, that? I'm, I'm just happy Jerebko. for him, man. Like he's in a great situation. Him, Demarcus, my former teammate Zaza, him, uh, Demarcus Cousins, 
KD, all these bro- Swaggy P, JaVale fit, McGee. All, all my right guys in. winning rings, man. I'm, I'm just happy for them. You'd fit right in. You could be the 14th, man. They don't play much. You just no, get some garbage time. I'm chilling, man. I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm shot making over here on these radio stations collect and television. That, collect that championship. Collect that Collect that <sighs> ring. I'm good on this side. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't want to hurt my back, man. Only got two hard up and backs in me. You don't really have to play though as the fourteenth guy. It's got to be like a leader, you know. Talk to the media, you know. Give, give some good quotes. You could do that. Good I mean, sound bites. Yeah, I, I give like, you a good sound bite. It'd be like David West at, at the end there. You could do what David West did. I can give you some good sound there bites. There you go. Now we're talking there. Uh, Demarcus <laughs> Cousins, though, your former teammate, is a member of the uh, Sacramento Kings. Or not the Sacramento Kings. Was a member of the Sacramento Kings. Now going to the Golden State Warriors. By the way, how do you think the Kings? I think Kings owner Vivek Ranadive feels right now. I was like, what? Yes. Vivek Ranadive, who spent a like several years committed to the idea that Cousins could be the centerpiece of a championship team in Sacramento. They didn't deal him prior to when they did it a year and a half ago, largely because Vivek Ranadive would not let them make a deal like that. He trades him a year and a half later, the guy's down the street in Golden State and probably going to win a championship. I don't think Vivek's too happy about that. Not probably. He's going to win a championship. Yes. It's a matter of what day is the championship fall on. Is it in June or whatever? But he's definitely winning one this year. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> so you like the decision for Cousins to go there? I, I love it. Be, a lot of people was upset by the wealth of talent that the Golden State Warriors have on their roster. But, you know, one, you still have to uh, go out there and play basketball. And, and you still have to uh, play with each other the right way, winning winning random basketball with you know so many different personalities now on that team. But what I would say is this: Demarcus is going to take some time to get back healthy, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he's going to take somewhere in the in in the space of around February to be a better version of himself. It takes like a year to really fully recover from that that type of thing, and he's a big man, so it's going to take a little more time. However. It's a great basketball and business decision because he gets to nurse himself all the way back until he's 100%, and the Warriors don't need him until really playoff basketball comes around, and then that's when he can show his value and then go into the open market and get the max. I told Chris he's getting the max. Not getting the max. Yes, next summer he's getting the max. Three years, four years, max. A, a, you know what max is for DeMarcus Cousins? That's like $30 million a year. I know what max is. Trust me. Uh-huh. If I don't know anything, I know this money. <laughs> <laughs> he is not getting – DeMarcus Cousins next time. Let, let's say it goes as well as it can possibly go. He comes back January, February, plays well, is a good soldier with that team, gets into the playoffs with them, makes a difference in the playoffs. The market will be pretty robust for DeMarcus Cousins. But – I think the days of him asking for a max level deal are over. I think he's going to get he could get a 3-year $60 million deal. I think get $20 million per year. I don't think he's getting a 3-year $100 million deal from anybody. Who's going to have cap space this Lots uh, of teams will have it. All right. Lots of them. Lots of teams and lots of teams are going to make a splash. Yeah, but don't you think let me just ask this first. Don't you think that the summer of 2016 and the debacle it was for so many teams. We saw Timothy Mozgov and Bismack Biombo moved uh, for each other just yesterday. Two guys that were, you know, big con- big ticket uh, buyers, big ticket money items in the summer of 2016. Teams that sp- had overspent in a raised cap summer regretted it immediately. I think that's in the back of the minds Is of every team name? out there. Is Mozgov a big name? Uh, no, Biombo was. D- 
All right. Now, DeMarcus Cousins to that. Uh, Chris, stop it. Different. Totally. You're right. Totally different. That's a superstar. But year removed. Moskov never been a top five NBA center, top 10 NBA center. Okay, but I can't even think of a team that would make DeMarcus Cousins like the Lakers if LeBron told them to. And if they struck out with Kawhi and they struck out with a couple of other guys, LeBron pairing up with uh, with DeMarcus in L.A. makes some sense. But without that, like the Atlanta Hawks are not going to go make a run at DeMarcus Cousins. The Detroit Pistons are not making a run at DeMarcus Cousins. Says who? Any, I mean, anything can happen. It's wide open. If you can play, look, the, people underestimate the value and what's the, what a difference of one year makes, right? So we're talking about all the negatives of, you know, DeMarcus saying, all right, he's injured. And, oh, okay, once he returns healthy and his talent outweighs any problem that can be associated with him, he's going to be an NBA champion. He's going to be humbled from this experience and understanding that, look, I know the perception of me now. Now, going forward, I'm going to be a better version of myself on and off the court. And with teams with cap space out there, they're going to take it. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. As long as he shows that he's completely healthy and carry himself in the manner that I know he will, he's getting that bag. He's going to get a lot of money, but you keep using the word max. Yes. I don't see max. Three years. Three years, a hundred something million dollars? Yes. Uh, All right. Who? Chris Paul got the max contract, and I mean it, it happens, yeah. bro. People, people, you can't you can't say something with injuries or backing up people's careers or whatever the case may be, because once you fit into a situation or you show that you can go out there and be a winner, things yeah, going to happen. What, for you. what happened with Chris Paul though is that he's with a team that acquired him. He's with a team that played exceptionally well with him. That's why that team said, sure, we'll take a chance on the back end of a four-year, $160 million contract. You're not going to be the same player that you are right now. But Chris Paul had some sweat equity with the Rockets. DeMarcus Cousins is going to enter the open market without that type of equity. Watch what he show his value is this year. Just watch. I'm telling you. I believe, peop- I believe the market's there. I just think there's, that we're like $10 million off, like you know, $10 million per year off Man. from that. Some people are just different and built different. You've seen it. I've seen it. I've played with it, and I've been that, mm-hmm. where people count you out, and that's all you need to show, all right, I'm going to go out here and prove doubters wrong. The, it, every NBA roster is assembled with guys that have been told what they cannot do and what they cannot accomplish, mm-hmm. some more than others, and that's what separates you from the pack. Now this is something that he has to attack. Okay, you think I can't do this? You think I can't recover? Watch as I demonstrate. He's motivated, he's re-energized, and he's he's like, okay, I'm back at it. Where we where we agree is that DeMarcus, it's not just about coming back healthy. That's the biggest part of it, no question. He's got to be healthy in order to get a real contract. But he's also going to have to show that he's a team guy. Yep. He's also going to have to show that the toxicity that was associated with him for several seasons, mostly in Sacramento, I think he kind of assuaged some issues in his time uh, in New Orleans, but he's going to have to show that if you give him big money, he's not going to be this combustible personality out there because there are still teams that believe that. And a big part of him not getting a, a contract offer was the fact that teams didn't really want to invest in the person and the, the as much as the player in Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that, and I think he understands that. Now. Okay, that bro, I'm telling you, getting getting injured is a humbling experience. And then also going into a free agent 
market and you're not getting offers that you wanted to receive and you're seeing the lay of the land and you're seeing things going on around you, that's also a humbling experience. And I think he's going to be so much better from it. You know what I mean? I, I, just, I just think some people receive the information and you're like, you know what? I'll show them and also I'll show me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how he's attacking it going forward. It's crazy. And, and look, we can have this conversation about Isaiah Thomas as well, who still doesn't have a team uh, out there. But DeMarcus Cousins, prior to that injury, was a mortal lock to get what you were talking about, the five-year max-level deal from the Pelicans. He was having an all-star season. It seemed like he was working out with Anthony Davis. But in addition to him going down and getting hurt, a big reason why the Pelicans said thanks but no thanks was how they play without him. I mean, they had Miritich out there. They had Rondo out there. I mean, we don't need to take a deep dive in the Pelicans, but um, I didn't like what they did this offseason. I didn't like the idea that they got rid of Rajon Rondo in favor of basically Julius Randle and Alfred Payton. I think the Pelicans today are a weaker team than they were that finished the season. They regressed and they took the cheap route. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what happened. You have to spend money to make money, and you have to spend money to you know possibly have a, a realistic shot at winning the championship. You have to invest in people. You know, um, people are going to run through a brick wall for an organization that feel like you 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 leaving it all out there for them. And what's not happening with the Pelicans is that, look, the second that you show any momentum or signs of going forward, you take away the point guard that made it possible for Holiday to shift over and be the scoring guard that he needed to be, and then he runs the point. Mm. And then you have DeMarcus Cousins, who started you guys off in the right direction, got injured, but guys played and embodied everything because of his injury, and they moved forward from that situation, playing inspired basketball, and then you take him out of the equation. So now you're back with, you know, from the beginning, you're back to scratch almost. And and if I'm Anthony Davis, I'm looking at this situation like, look, they're not serious about winning. Mm. They're just caring about, you know, uh, financials and things like that, but it's not all about winning. So I have to reevaluate my future, you know, going forward. Yeah, and Anthony Davis, the the people ask about an Anthony Davis trade all the time. I hear that constantly. The only time it becomes real is when Anthony Davis starts to publicly grumble about what's going on with his team. His contract, he can opt out of it, I think, at the end of the 2020 season. Uh, So he's got a couple of years left on that deal that are guaranteed. But if he starts grumbling, say, around midseason, if the Pelicans are out of the playoff mix and he starts grumbling a little bit, that's when things get real, Karan. That's when... Uh, teams will really start investing offers in the Pelicans for Anthony Davis. Where he just buy a house at? I don't know where did he buy a house. Los Angeles, baby. Oh God, no, no, we're not doing Anthony let, Davis. Let's start. Let it start. You know, you have to like be able to give something up to get Anthony Davis back, right? Like you have to be able to make a move. I still think Boston's the front runner to get Anthony Davis if they. You always think Boston got a shot at it, everybody, bro. Look like, at what they have. Yeah, look, y'all might be in trouble. Y'all got Kyrie mad over there, man. Y'all try to sell him for to uh, San Antonio for two Snickers and uh, a pick. I'm trying to sell him to San Antonio. I mean, y'all try to get him out of there. He, I mean, he got wind of the information. He might not pass the ball to nobody this okay. year. You don't know yeah, what he's going to go He's through. got a contract coming up there, too. He's going to pass the ball. He's going to be fine up there. He plays for Brad Stevens. You don't have to pass the ball to get a contract. Uh, yeah, but you got to win. I got, hey, man, I'm just telling you. He's not going to do any of that. He's got to be fine with that team this year. But the only reason I keep bringing up Boston is because they've got assets. Because you've got Jalen Brown that you can dangle in a trade. Maybe even Jason Tatum, though I wouldn't give him up. I'm not giving up Tatum. I'm not giving up Tatum or Kyrie if I can help it. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Take take Hayward. That'd be nice. Gordon Hayward spends all of last summer like agonizing 
over whether to go to Boston or Utah. They trip into New Orleans after playing five minutes for the team. All right, it's Chris and Garan here on Fox Sports Radio. When we come back, I want to take a deeper dive into the Lakers. LeBron James uh, is, a, is going to be a Laker. hasn't signed his contract yet. But what about the pieces around him? Does it make any sense what the Lakers are doing? A little bit later on this hour, my former colleague over at Sports Illustrated, Ben Ryder, who has a terrific new book on the Houston Astros, the uh, you know the reigning World Series champions, He's going to join the program as well. It's Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. It's Chris and Karan here, Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. 877-996-6369 is the phone number. 877-99-ON-FOX. We've been talking about the Lakers some of the moves they made this offseason. Offseason's not even over yet. LeBron James has yet to sign his contract at this point. Think there's anything up there? Think we're uh, going to have a DeAndre situation? Never. Everybody everybody <laughs> out in Akron? Not happening, man. He's, come, he's coming. It's a done deal. Uh, no story there. I agree with you he's coming. I agree it's a done deal. But I would say this to you. I don't believe in the narrative that's out there that this team the Lakers are putting together is going to make the Lakers or make LeBron a better player. Like this idea that surrounding LeBron with playmakers, playmakers who, by the way, can't shoot the ball for the life of them. Life depends on it. You can't trust Rondo, Lance Stevenson, certainly not JaVale McGee, to knock down a jump shot. I don't buy the idea that putting these guys around LeBron James makes him a better player, make the Lakers a better team, because... Teams are going to double him, Karan. I know that you know they didn't do a lot of doubling in years past, but if he's surrounded by Rondo and Stevenson, you don't fear them from beyond the three-point line. You don't fear Lonzo Ball from beyond the three-point line. I think that they're going to make the Lakers make three-point shots, and in years past, when it was Korver, even J.R. Smith, even George Hill, you weren't as as willing to send double teams towards LeBron because he'd dissect them and find open shooters. It's not what you see traditionally from a LeBron roster. You know, usually see the the <clears throat> excuse me the other guy that can be a playmaker mm-hmm. with LeBron. So the 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 AB guy, and then you see you know multiple shooters, and you see the rah rah guy, the rebound guy, the Tristan Thompson, the Udonis Haslam, the, the Joe Anthony, whatever. Karan yeah. Butler, right now. Yeah, you, yeah you signing have, up, signing up right now. The, <laughs> over there. You have the rah rah guy that can rebound the ball, set excellent picks, and you know bring that effort and energy, and then that's it. You know, so it's not traditional, but at the same time, look at last season and particularly that playoff run, you didn't you didn't see none of that. You didn't see no shot makers, you saw a lot of shot takers, but not shot makers. And the thing that was missing with the Cleveland Cavaliers, that whole run was another guy that can you can have the ball in their hand and they can play make. Mm-hmm. The other part of it though is that LeBron James likes playing with high IQ players. And he's surrounded themselves now, the Lakers have, with guys like Lance Stevenson, who is not a high IQ player. JaVale McGee, who is not a high IQ player. Rajon Rondo is, so that's one check in the box for Rondo going to Los Angeles. But I don't know how LeBron molds all these guys together to make it a successful season. And let's be real about what this season is for the Lakers. The Lakers and LeBron James, this union is not about the 18-19 season. This union is about the 19-20 season and beyond. Whatever they do this season is going to be icing on the cake. I just think where we kind of disagree is that I think he's probably worth 10 wins to that team. I think he puts the, LeBron. 
What? LeBron, 10 wins. That team. 45, 46 wins next year. LeBron James is worth more than 10 wins. With that team? With any team. Okay. It's Okay. He There's nobody that – Kyle Kuzma can shoot. Who else can shoot in that team? 10 wins, bro. <laughs> 10 wins, yes. I'll give you 11. 11 for icing there. We'll put it at 46, which I think is what the Nuggets were. <laughs> they missed the playoffs this let, year. Let, let me just – look, so I did a lot of covering the games for uh, the Lakers this season. Right. And I'm really familiar with that team and how they kind of tick. And they had so many games where it was between seven to five points where they lost this year. And also during the stretch of the, the December and January – that run where they had all the injuries, that's when they really went, like, spiraled down. Right. But they still was in the playoff hunt. They still was in the pitcher, you know, all the way to the 10th seed, all the way to the end of the year where they was just mathematically out of it. So now you add a guy like LeBron James, I'm telling you, he's good for 15-plus wins. Okay, you add a guy like LeBron, but you also changed up the rest of the roster around them. And, again, the guys they added. Who you changed? Uh, I mean, you moved a lot of the spare parts out. Go name them. Uh, you improved. So, so you, so if you, all right, Luau Deng, that don't that don't count. I mean, so this guy in play. Julius Randall. Julius Randall. There you go. That's all right, but now because you had to make way for for Kyle Kuzma that can play that four position mm-hmm. or that small forward that can shoot the ball more and make shots. LeBron James, Rondo, high basketball IQ, know yes. how to be efficient and get you the ball and win games. Brandon Ingram. He's gonna, you know, he's shooting the ball extremely well. Have you seen this kid working out? Like he's showing so many flashes, and he lives in the gym. So you take that young nucleus with LeBron, and then now KCP, who's going to be inspired to be in position to play the right winning basketball. I mm-hmm. played with KCP in Detroit. If you put him in positions where, like, look, KCP, I need you to defend, catch and shoot, knock down shots when they come. Like now he knows exactly what his role is. He's not out there trying to create, dribble the ball, and things like that. He's just. Catching his shoe, he's going to have one hell of a year, KCP playing next to LeBron James. And it's going to be the other guys. I'm telling you, Lance Stevenson going to come off the bench, be solid. All he has to do is score anywhere between 8 to 12 points consistently. Okay, hold on. Lance Stevenson has only been solid in one city. Only. And that was in Indiana. He goes to, uh, was it Charlotte? Was he Bad. good? Was he good in the Indiana yes. Pacers series? You know why? Because he's terrified of Larry Bird. That's why he's been. That's why he's. <laughs> that's why Lance Stevenson is a good player in Indiana. Because even though Larry's not part of that team anymore as, as a front office executive, he's still scared of Larry Bird. Chris, LeBron James is going to. So if he's scared of Larry, imagine how you feel about Magic then. Oh no, you're not scared of Magic. Magic, Magic oh Larry, Magic's not. Magic's not scary. Magic's too nice to be scary. Yeah, like Magic's like, smi- hey man, that, like, smi- yeah, that smile. Do. I'm telling you, man. Better watch out for that smile. <laughs> Larry though doesn't smile. Larry just sort of grunts at you and glares at you and says, "Do what I tell you to do." LeBron is going to be LeBron James is going to be feeding Lance. Oh, yeah, think, so by the way, we didn't touch gunpowder. We didn't touch this. LeBron and Lance Stevenson being teammates. You have no no issue there. Like no. his chief antagonist over the last decade is Lance Stevenson, or at that, least the last five six years. It's, it's you're, you're competing. Like that's what you want, and then that's what make you respect you. You, you show respect by showing none. And that's what Lance did for years with LeBron James. I'm not going to show you no respect. I'm going to blow in your ear. I'm going to do all these things. And then now you're on the team with him. Now, look, he'll run through, through a brick wall for LeBron. You're your teammates now. Lance Stevenson, you're saying like Lance Stevenson getting 8 to 12 points off the bench is something to expect. I think, I'd be surprised if he can do that. I, I'm, I'm not surprised. After he had, he had one hell of a playoff run, he looked 
exceptionally well. And I thought that he was one of the key components, along with Victor Oladipo, why the Indiana Pacers was so successful. I agree. I agree. In Indiana, Lance Stevenson is great. Very good player with the Indiana Pacers. Everywhere else, I don't really buy it. Plus, in Lance Stevenson... Born ready. You have... There you go. In Lance Stevenson, you have another guy, Karan, that needs the ball in his hands to be successful. Lance Stevenson, you know, he, he, he... he sort of vacillates between the point guard and the two-guard position. Um, he's a ball-dominant at times player. Rondo, very ball-dominant player, as you know. And LeBron, of course, has been a ball-dominant player throughout the course of his career. Now, the, 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 the narrative being pushed out of Los Angeles is that LeBron doesn't want to be a ball-dominant player. He wants to play through the post. It's like we're trying to reinvent Carl Malone in, uh, in Los Angeles with LeBron James. I just don't buy that. I don't buy that I, LeBron is going to is going to defer to Lonzo and Lance, even Rondo, with the ball in his hands. I, I'm going to tell you why I buy it because I saw the way and how efficient he was in this playoffs. Where for the first time offensively, this is the best I've seen LeBron. Why, Karan? I tell you why. You let me know when you need me here. Yeah, <laughs> I gonna I, I'm going to do the interview. I'm going to ask my own self okay, the question and everything. Why? why is because he goes 17 on in, and and like Kobe displayed in detail. He's catching the ball in spots, and he's dominating where he can dribble the ball one or two dribbles. He he can make enough foul shots if you send him to the line, and he gets he puts the pressure on your defense as much as possible. He's playing the game in a different way now. He's not just running and jumping and being powerful and faster than everyone else. Like He's actually dissecting the game from an offensive standpoint, which is impressive. But how long can he continue to do that? How long can he play at the highest of levels? I think another three years. Okay, because but, so, but di- this year's a wrap. Like this year, it's like it's got a wasted year. It's a throwaway year for the Lakers and for LeBron. Yeah. So you're talking a two-year window of him being arguably the best player in basketball and being on a championship level. I just don't. I don't think how many championships. Put it this way: How many championships did the Lakers win with LeBron James on the roster? One. One. One championship. I don't think they win any. I think they win one. I don't think they win a single championship. I think they're they're done. LeBron's championship window is closed. I think I think they got a shot at winning one. A shot. Now it's a shot at winning one. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they win one. That, that's all you need is a shot. You know, some some things gotta like a lot of things have to happen to go in your favor, but I give them a shot at winning one championship if they can acquire someone else. They need yep. someone else and they need uh, uh possibly Carmelo Anthony or something that's willing to come off the bench and then you you bring in a Kawhi Leonard, you bring in a Dame. Lillard or some, something like that. You need oh, yeah, superstar. let's just go get Dame, Damian Lillard. Let's go, come on. You need another superstar. Yes, you do. We yeah. gotta, by the way, I want a little bit later in the show, I want to talk to you about Carmelo Anthony. looks like he's going to get bought out uh, by Oklahoma City. I want to talk to you about his next step, the evolution of Carmelo Anthony. How does he need to change uh, to find his way uh, on a roster? When we come back, though, we're going to check in with Ben Ryder, the baseball writer over at Sports Illustrated. He has a great new book on the Houston Astros. But first, David Gascon on the update. What's up, David? Guys, uh, lots of things going on right now. And the NBA got to make things official on a couple different guys. Devin Booker got to that extension. The max deal coming his way five years and a $158 million to stay in Phoenix. Chris Paul also gets his max deal. Four years and 160 coming his way to stay in Houston. Sacramento Kings Marvin Bagley suffered a little bit of a tweak yesterday in a summer league contest. So he's going to have an MRI tomorrow on his right hip and also his flexor. Meanwhile, in Major League Baseball, there's about four games going on right now. A's on top of the Indians, one nothing. Ray's got a home run from C.J. Crone. His 17th of the year is a three-run shot. So Tampa's in front of the New York Mets, three-zip. Yankees on top of the Blue Jays, one to nothing. It's the Rangers, one Tigers, nothing. And off the field, 
Red Sox have won five straight, but today they'll be without the services of a big bat. J.D. Martinez will be sitting out today. He fell the ball off his left calf in yesterday's contest. Guys, back to you. It's Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance. Visit with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, so we're talking a lot of basketball. But I want to talk a little baseball here with my former colleague over at Sports Illustrated. He wrote a terrific piece on the Astros, predicting the Astros years ago to win the 2017 World Series. They did. Now he has a book out called Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. That's going to be released on July 10th. He's Ben Ryder, and he joins us here on the show. What's happening, Ben? Hey, guys. How are you? Uh, I don't think anyone on Earth has <laughs> squeezed more out of a magazine story than you have. Is, is there a movie that's going to be made out of this Houston Astros story, Ben? Well, I hope, Chris. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were going to lead with that. Yes. But I have to say, the book is not about the prediction. Like I, that's covered. Well, it's about the prediction a little. In the beginning, I kind of take you behind the scenes and the way the cover came to be. It was like the fifth cover choice at one point that week. Uh, ended up pissing a lot of people off, especially our former colleague Alan Shipnuck, who thought his Michelle Wee story would make the cover that week, and is still angry about it four years later. But it's really not about the prediction. The book. What the book is about is essentially how the Astros innovated a new process to make that prediction come true and to allow me to squeeze more out of a single magazine story than perhaps anyone else in history. Okay, so tell me what it was that the Astros did differently. How did they revolutionize uh, the game in, in a way that enabled them to win a world championship after being an embarrassment of an organization for a long number of years? I mean, it's, it's hard to remember now, but they really were like the laughing stock, not just of baseball, but for, of all of sports. They were the worst baseball team over a three-year stretch in 50 years since the expansion New York Mets. Now, what they really did was they changed the fundamental question that had developed about how to build an organization. For 15 years after Moneyball, it was really an either-or question. Do we trust the numbers? Do we trust analytics? Or do we trust our humans? Do we trust scouts and gut instincts and things like that? Now, the pendulum had really swung towards the former for a long time, since Moneyball, really, in baseball at least, towards the numbers. The Astros reframed it as an and question. They want to get the best out of both the numbers and their scouts. So kind of combining the observations of man and machine to systematically get the best out of both. And that's what they did. I mean, this was before the Sixers instituted their process. Uh, They really invented this sort of thing, and clearly it worked pretty well. Okay, so what? give me an example, then, of how they combine this sort of analytics with, with instinct. Sure. Like, for example, uh, before the 2012 draft, nobody saw Carlos Correa coming as the number one pick. And there was a strong reason for that. It was basically because of where he came from. Puerto Rico baseball had a great tradition, but for the past decade or more, it had a horrible track record. They were simply not producing good players anymore. And if you looked at kind of back-testing and the analytics alone, you would have passed on Carlos Correa simply because of that fact. Kind of like a lot of NBA teams passed on a guy like Steph Curry because the analytics suggested that a shortish player from a small school probably wouldn't amount to anything. But they factored in these glowing reports from their scouts into the numbers that suggested maybe Correa would buck the trend. I mean, one of their scouts thought, said when he was watching Correa 
uh, as a 17-year-old, he saw him do things that he'd never seen anybody do before on a baseball field, like hit an opposite field line drive all the way down the foul line that never rose more than 10 feet off the ground and hit the foul pole. They were smart enough to combine those sort of scouting reports um, with the analytics to get the best result and to shock the world. And three years later, they had the 20-year-old best shortstop in baseball. Talking to Ben Ryder, senior writer over at Sports Illustrated. His new book is called Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All. You can buy it everywhere uh, and be released on July 10th. I mean, you mentioned the Sixers and, and kind of the process that they underwent. Part of the reason the Sixers, or the biggest reason the Sixers, are what they are right now is that they hit on their draft picks. I mean, Ben Simmons, number one, he hit. Joel Embiid, they took a flyer on, waited two years. He's hit overall. The Astros, they didn't have that same level of success with those number one picks, did they? No, not quite. I mean, the Sixers obviously whiffed on a couple. Like Mark Michael Carter-Williams isn't in Philly anymore, uh, for example. Uh, but you're right. They nailed Correa, but in the two con- successive drafts in which they also had the number one pick, they essentially whiffed. You know, they drafted Mark Appel, who's already out of baseball, who's a pitcher. And then they drafted another pitcher, Brady Aiken, who they ended up controversially not even signing. Of course, they eventually turned the compensation pick they got for that into Alex Bregman, who's already a World Series hero. But they were basically smart enough to know a couple things. They weren't going to get every decision they made right. Thousands and thousands of individual decisions have led to this result. And they kind of built a system in which they didn't have to nail every decision. They just had to kind of have a higher hit rate than their competition, which is what they've done. And they're also kind of smart enough to know that, uh, you know, not only can you combine numbers with human instinct, but that the numbers don't describe everything. Like Just because the certain qualities don't show up in the numbers don't mean that they don't exist. Like, for example, last year they signed a 40-year-old player for $16 million, Carlos Beltran. Like, no analytics-based team would think that this was a good investment, but they figured that Carlos Beltran could provide their team with qualities, even though you couldn't measure them, that they needed to win. He certainly did that. I actually have an excerpt in the current Sports Illustrated from the book describing the real ways in which he impacted that team's chemistry, which went all the way to the World Series, in which he did a couple of things, I won't give it away, that essentially probably won that series for him. Even though he didn't hit very much towards the end of his career, uh, he was an X factor that the numbers simply couldn't describe. What's the perception of the Astros front office from both Major League Baseball, you know, the, the Rob Manfreds of the world, and from their peers out there? Well, I mean, I think it's improving, and they still have a ways to go. The GM, Jeff Luno, uh, came to the Cardinals originally in 2004. He didn't come from sports at all. He was a management consultant. He came from tech companies. Their head data man, who's the main character in the book, Big Mydell, he was a former NASA rocket scientist. There was a lot of friction in a very traditional sport as these guys came in and tried to institute their new ideas. And there still is. I think a lot of the league thinks that they're know-it-alls, you know, that they're perhaps like overly focused on things like valuation, strict valuation. Agents don't like them very much because they're not going to overpay by a single dollar for anybody unless they have a good reason to. But look, at this point, I think a lot more teams are trying to figure out what they did so they can replicate them. Their rings obviously do a lot of talking for them. So they're rolling along right now, 60 wins, top of their division, second-best record in all of baseball. Are the Astros, do you see them as a, a – is this the beginning of a dynasty? Are they a better team this year than they were last year? How do you see them? They're definitely better this year than they were last year. I mean, remember, at this point last year, they had one ace, you know, one not more, number one pitcher, Dallas Keuchel. 
Dallas Keuchel is now essentially like their number four pitcher. Since a year ago, they added Justin Verlander, who's probably the Cy Young favorite right now. Uh, they added Garrett Cole. Uh, their pitching staff rotation in particular is clearly the best in the league. As far as the dynasty, look, they have competition. Obviously, we're in an age all of a sudden super teams in Major League Baseball where the Red Sox and the Yankees are kind of uh, nipping at their heels uh, top the American League anyway. But another part of this plan is that Jeff Luno designed this team to have a line of succession at every position. It's not the type of situation where they're going to lose a huge swath of their players all at once. If you project out five, six, seven years, like they have guys in place, and behind them in the minor leagues, they have guys in place to fill their shoes. So I don't know if we can predict this team's going to win a championship every year, but it's impossible to believe they're not going to be strong contenders for the next five, six, seven years at least. The book is Astro Ball, The New Way to Win It All, be released on July 10th. You can buy it everywhere, Amazon, bookstores, wherever you can pick up books. Ben Ryder is the author, SI Senior Writer. Uh, ben, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, man. It's Ben Ryder, the uh, SI Senior Writer, joining us here on the Chris and Karan Show. We come back. I do want to dive deeper into Carmelo Anthony's free agency, likely to get bought up by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Where's he going to go? And is Carmelo Anthony willing to come off the bench? Do that next. Chris and Karan, Fox Sports Radio. And I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me. Hey. Crescent Garan, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. All right, so Carmelo Anthony Caron, it looks like he's going to be a free agent. Uh, Oklahoma City, they're going to try to trade him. I doubt they find a, a partner uh, there in um, the next instance. They would stretch him out uh, with that contract. It would save Oklahoma City because of tax implications almost $100 million to to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. So it makes sense from a Thunder perspective. But here's what I wonder. Would Oklahoma City do it if, if Carmelo Anthony came to them and said, guys, I'll come off the bench. I'll sit behind uh, Jeremy Grant. I'll be a sixth man. I'll play 20, 25 minutes per game. I'll play multiple positions. I want to win, so I'm going to do this for the team. I still think they'd buy him out because, again, $100 million is a lot of money, even to owners that are billionaires. But I think it might give them a reason for pause there. And this brings us to what Carmelo is going to do, what he's willing to do. Because, Karan, he has not been willing to come off the bench at any point during his career. And he's reaching that stage where he's going to have to make some serious life choices. Do I want to be a starter and limit my options in the NBA? Or do I want to be a reserve player and watch that pool expand exponentially for teams that might want to sign me? Well... You, you you make excellent points, and if I'm Carmelo Anthony, I'm already understand this. I'm a future Hall of Famer. I'm an Olympian, and I want to be a champion. So let me put myself in the best situation where I can uh, preserve my legacy as much as possible. And you you now this is the phase on the back end of your career where you made the money, you've done all these things, where you have to be like okay. I can be a better version of myself playing with a second unit. And, you know, as competitors, the reason why he is a Hall of Famer and all these things I just stated is because he's always said, no, like, I'm I'm better than that. I mm-hmm. can do this. But now it comes a time where, you know what, let me just go ahead and do what I need to do to help a team and potentially win a championship. 
Yeah, I mean, look, I think the most likely scenario if he gets bought out is he winds up in L.A. playing with LeBron James on a one-year deal. Like that, you know, LeBron has And brought, that's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I, I don't know if that solves the problem. You know, in a, you, you can see him starting in L.A. alongside LeBron. You know, and he's, LeBron's done this before with Dwayne Wade. Uh, brought him into Cleveland. That didn't work out, but... Um, I don't know if that solves the fundamental issue with Carmelo Anthony because at some point he's probably going to be looking for another multi-year contract, his last multi-year contract of his career, and teams out there are not going to give it to him if he says, I'm only going to be a starter and you better play me in the fourth quarter of games. Like, that's just not going to work. Even if he came back, and you saw this last year in Oklahoma City, Karan, I know you watched some of those games, uh, Jeremy Grant was playing in the fourth quarter. Like, Carmelo Anthony was on the bench for stretches in the fourth quarter, because Grant is a better defender, more athletic, fits in with the team concept out there in Oklahoma City. Carmelo, if he doesn't fit into a team concept, he's going to find himself out of the NBA in a year or two. I mean, I I think just because of his name and what he brings, but like you said, you you don't ever want to have your problems outweighing your talent. And, you know, immediately people will... Just say, look, it's too much of a headache to have you on the roster and going forward, you know, we just prefer that we not deal with it. So I, I, you don't want that to be a case, the, the case, and I'm a huge fan of Carmelo's. You know, always have been, always will. So I think that this summer is a great opportunity for him just to reevaluate everything and look at it and just be like, you know what, I still can, I'm a double, I'm a walking double-double. I can make this happen. I can come off the bench and still be effective win and, you know, possibly bring a championship to a city. He made 35% of his threes uh, in L.A. last year. Only made 40% of his overall shots, which isn't very good uh, for them. And he shot still shot a ton of those mid-range jump shots. He was still kind of a ball stopper. But you know what? If he's that type of player Feature. coming off the bench... Feature. Yeah, like that's... I mean, yeah. I don't understand. Like, I, I didn't play the game at the highest of levels you did, so I understand... I, I don't really... I can't really understand why it's so hard... For guys to do that, I understand that they played at the highest of levels, and it must be difficult to accept that you're not on that level anymore. But for Carmelo Anthony, how do you not see the writing on the wall here? You say I'm a bench player. You could get a three year deal from somebody next summer. We talked about all the money that's available next summer. That's that's, that's it's almost like your basketball notebook, right? It's yeah. like saying goodbye to a, a a a part of your career when you do that. It's like bringing the hospice bed out. You don't like it's a it's a process. Pretty nice hospice bed though. If you're yeah, but it's still eight it's, million dollars a year. Or something. It's a process, bro. It, it ain't even about the money. It's about just your mental, from a, a psychological standpoint of saying that's goodbye. Ego. To, that's too much ego. Then I mean that's that's why some of the best talented guys are who they are because of ego and self pride. Mm-hmm. That's what separates you know you from other guys. You know you like look I'm I'm the dude like I could do this. I can do this, hop on a private plane, come here, fly back up. Chris Maddox, bro. That's how I roll. You yes. Chris Maddox, yeah, bro. I, like it, I mean, that's how it is. And that's the it's same actually my it private is. plane, so you know. So now you, I'll now give you, you swag it. I'll give you a lift. You want to swing what? by Racine on the way back? I'll yeah, give man. you a lift back east. I'll parachute down. You ain't even got to stop. <laughs> shove you out the back door. Um, I, get what you're, I get what you're saying with, with Carmelo. It's just, I mean, do, do you think he'd realize it after the fact? Like, if he's out of the game for a year, be like, damn. I I I want to be playing, man. I still got some game left in me. I'm dominating big three. Like I want to be playing <laughs> NBA basketball. I think he knows now. I, I really do. And you think, think he'll accept it? He'll find a team to accept. It's, it's tough to accept it, but I think that he's reevaluating everything. And it's like you know what I. This is what I have to do going forward. Yeah, I mean, you you put a lot of faith in Carmelo reevaluating, in Demarcus Cousins reevaluating, and like 
having I, sort of like these come to Jesus moments. No, for, I have a good pulse of where they're at. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, we've, we've been back and forth through text with uh, DeMarcus, and, you know, I'm close to people that understands, you know, where Carmelo is at from a basketball standpoint. So that's why I got a good feel of it, and that's how I feel this way. I'd love to see Carmelo Anthony reinvent himself because he can be a championship player mm. coming off the bench was the last piece of his resume. Chris and Karan here, Fox Sports Radio. Karan, Fox Sports Radio, Chris Mannix, Yahoo Sports, Karan Butler, two-time All-Star, NBA champion, future member of the Golden State Warriors, joining us here in the <laughs> Los Angeles uh, studio. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio here in L.A. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote today. We were talking before the start of this segment, Karan, about you know just some guys that are still free agents and you know, we saw Jonas Jarebko. He's going to go to the Golden State Warriors. He'll be a wing player that can come off the bench, maybe for them, give them some garbage time minutes. Uh, how about Vince Carter you brought up? Uh, could Vince Carter wind up in Golden State? He's looking to play one more season, maybe more. Possible. I mean, it makes some sense. He's a wing player, veteran player, and a guy without a championship on his resume. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, looking at Vince Carter and um, the style that he plays and um, – he could play on the wing, knock down shots, can defend a bit, still going to have – I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. If he goes to a situation like that, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I mean, it's the right call maybe for somebody like him. The money's going to be equal wherever he goes. It's going to be an exception or a minimal deal. And either way, Vince Carter's made a ton of money in his NBA career. What's missing is that championship. Uh, I could absolutely see And one of the reasons that – Golden State was looking to revamp their bench this summer was because you want to bring hungry guys onto that roster. You want to bring guys that have something to play for in the regular season to get you through those dog days. So DeMarcus Cousins, who's going to come back hungry at midseason, whenever that is. Uh, Vince Carter would be hungry. Uh, Jonas Derebko's never won, I don't think, a championship in his career. So you got guys that can you know help you out there, along with those, some of those young guys uh, that are going to be in that mix. But I want to ask you about another big man that got a deal this off uh, this past week. Dwight Howard is going from Charlotte to Brooklyn and now to the Washington Wizards. Dwight Howard, who played 80, 81 games last year, so the back's healthy, 81 games last year. He averaged about 16 and 12. All he could get in the open market, Karan, one year, $5 million. Not a two-year deal with a player option, but two years, $11 million from the Washington Wizards. What do you make of that? That look. You know, I, I I was shocked. First of all, I was shocked that he was actually traded. Um, dumped. Let's just call it what it is. He was dumped yeah, for but, Timothy Mozgov. But look how amazing he looked, you know, with, you know, the Hornets. I thought that he had moments where he was possibly playing some of his best basketball in the last probably three, four years. You know, just fully healthy. And that's yeah, what he hasn't been. Yeah. Explosive, dunking the ball. But the thing that lingered was just. I mean, and we brought him on the show to talk about it, where he was talking about uh, the locker room presence and um, his image and, and need to be repaired and how he wanted to be remembered. Because Dwight Howard, at, at some point, he, he is going to be a Hall of Famer. And, you know, it's I think it's all about your legacy at the end of the day, and you want to be remembered as something totally different than what he's being perceived as now. So he talked about that and just said, like, look, wherever he goes is going to be a fresh start. He still has a ton of basketball left in him. He compared his age to uh, Chris Paul, LeBron James, these guys saying that, look, I'm younger, and 
you know, I'm excited about, you know, still playing more basketball. You know, Golden State checked him out. They were thinking about uh, signing him to that same type of deal prior to um, to DeMarcus Cousins getting it. He didn't get good reviews from the coaches that he played for. Like, the coaches that he played for in several previous teams did not give him uh, favorable recommendations. Some of the stuff with with Dwight, it's not the locker room stuff necessarily, though that's a part of it. It's little things that you as a player and coaches see on the court. It's like, instead of rolling to the basket to try to get a dunk, you pull up and shoot that broke jump shot of his. Like, that's part of it. That's, that's stuff that drives coaches crazy. It's grumbling under your breath when a teammate doesn't pass you the ball that coaches and other players take note of. This is the stuff that kind of sticks to Dwight at this point of his career. So the locker room stuff's one thing, but on the court, there were team, there have been his last few teams have had issues with how he's performed and how he's conducted himself on the floor. See, the, the Golden State Warriors thing would have made sense, but it didn't make sense from a basketball standpoint because I, I didn't see how he fit in to what they, what they do. Like, they spaced the floor, and obviously he would, you know, be ducking in, clogging things up. So I just, you know, from a basketball standpoint, I didn't see why or how that could work. Um, but, you know, with Washington playing with the Wizards, I feel like it could be a good situation for him. And, you know, playing with a guard like John Wall with that pace, you're going to have to run the floor. Um, they're not going to play through you as much. You're going to have to set a ton of picks, which he's been reluctant to do mm-hmm. over the past years. But that's the game. That's the style of basketball. That's the brand that they play. And, you know, they'll feed you. I think John is super aware, has a, a high basketball IQ to understand that if you have a personality like him on the court, you know, feed him so he'll continue to run and set the right picks and, you know, try to keep him happy. The other part of it, too, with Dwight is defensively, while he is still an intimidating rim protector, he can still rebound the basketball. You brought it up. The game has become a space game. You need bigs out there that can defend the pick and roll at a high level, and Dwight can't do that. He's just, he is he is a big man in today's game that's built, has a game that's built for a different generation, for the 90s and early 2000s. If you're asking a guy, if you're asking your big to come out on the perimeter and defend pick and rolls, Dwight's not your guy. That's why Aaron Baines is so valuable to Boston. Aaron Baines is really good at that. Like, he's really good at stepping out and defending pick and rolls. Dwight is not. He just doesn't, whether he it, it's because of the physical limitations of the back problems over the years, or it's just he was never equipped to do that, it's difficult. You're going to see teams playing against Washington, pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll against him all the time to try to put him in those situations. So I think it's going to be a challenge for him to be uh, a successful. But he is still, I mean, 16 and 12. I mean, he, he'll put that up almost every single night. He will rim protect. And the reason I thought Golden State made some sense is because if he was willing to come in and play 20 minutes a game and be kind of that deterrent to like a Tristan Thompson when, when Cleveland was around or other teams with legitimate bigs, I could see them him being rolled out there, but they clearly got a better fit for them in DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, it, it really did. And, and and DeMarcus, not only because he's a superstar in this game of basketball and one of the top you know, uh, two centers in the game of basketball when healthy, but he fits their style and their brand. You know, he can stretch the floor, he can shoot the basketball, he can put the ball on the floor and make plays. Um, I think all those things made sense for the Golden State Warriors and – that's why they're ahead of the pack. You cannot pass on the talent like him. What do you, I mean, you've talked to him about this. Uh, taking that one-year, $5 million deal, how hard do you think that was for him after being, you know, six months ago, he was a max-level player? How hard do you think that was for him? 
I think I think it was a humbling experience. I really do because people don't look at you the way you look at you. And when you're young and when you um in this business, you have to understand that the the roar of the crowd is not for you, it's for what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think he had a reality check with that process of, you know, coming a free agent and not getting the offers and people, you know, perceiving you as damaged goods. So now you're going to go back on the market next season and, and, and prove all the doubters wrong, and I think you will. Yeah, the the thing with DeMarcus, and we talked about this earlier in the show, it's not just coming back from this Achilles injury, which is a tough injury to come back from. I don't expect him. I don't know. When do you expect him to be able to play? To be the DeMarcus Cousins that I know him to be, I think that he'll be at, at that around March. March. Yeah, I think he'll be like full throttle looking looking good. Okay, but March. back on the floor maybe January, February, that type? Yeah, he I mean he can be on the floor pretty pretty much any time after uh Christmas. Yeah. I, I think that he'll be back out there if if he wants to be out there, he'll be out there, you know, able to, you know, participate functionally and be a solid player. But to be you're still gonna have to go through a ton of back because you got to cut, you got to get that confidence, you got to go through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be a better version of himself come March. Yeah, in that sense, it's a great situation for him, and this is a big reason why teams weren't investing Demarcus Cousins this summer because they didn't know what they were investing in in year one. I mean, you give Demarcus Cousins, a, let's just say, a three-year, sixty million dollar deal. Let's, let's say that was an offer that was made to Demarcus by somebody. That's effectively a two-year, sixty million dollar deal. Because most of next season is going to be spent rehabbing, and once you're back on the floor, it takes time to get that rhythm back. This is a major injury you're going to have to overcome. Golden State is the perfect situation for him because he's not going to be asked to do much of anything. He is a luxury to the Golden State Warriors. He comes out there on the floor and he looks like the old DeMarcus Cousins in April. That's icing on the cake for them right there. That's beautiful. They, they'll live, they'll happily uh, take that uh, from DeMarcus Cousins. I think the question... Moving forward, as we discuss his free agency in the summer of 2019, it's not just going to be about the injury. DeMarcus Cousins has to continue to rehabilitate that image. He has to continue to show he's a team guy. He can be counted on in those situations. He's not going to gripe about minutes. I don't think he does it this year, but that's going to be something I think teams are going to watch closely over the course of next season. That's exactly what they're going to watch. They're going to watch his you know, behavior pattern. Uh on the court when he is on the court, but most importantly on the sideline and what you're hearing, you know, through the channels of his teammates and the coaching staff and things like that. How is he adjusting to playing with a wealth of talent? How is he adjusting with, you know, not getting as many touches as he once did and playing through him? Um, is he a really good team guy, which he is, mm-hmm. all these things. So, like, once he does all those things, his value will go up tremendously. Um, you'll see another version of him because you're basically going to see the back end of his career, like being in the locker room and things like that. So when you invest for four years, five five years or whatever at 30 a year, you know, now you're like, okay, yeah, he, he'll still be great on the way out. Like we, definitely we'll take care of him. That, it's, it makes perfect sense. So he's auditioning, and I think he's going to do an excellent job. You played with him. What does he have to check in that locker room? What does he have to – get past? What's the maturity hurdle that he has to overcome? I think he has to continue to um, just understand that this is a business. And, 
you know, we all have emotions. We all have feelings. We we want to display them. We want to tell people how exactly we feel. But it's it's a time, a manner, and a place for everything. And once he once he really like mastered that component of it, he's gonna be fine. You know, like I I, I it was a transition for me. You know, I come up from the inner city, and mm-hmm. you know, when you have a problem on spot, you just talk to people or you address that issue on on spot. And that's exactly how he is. He. He want answers like, no, you told me this. Why are you doing the complete opposite? And from a business standpoint, it's not always the best thing because it could be showing up the coach or it can be, you know, like it's just not – it's the timing of it but in the, the, uh, the delivery of it, of that process. So I think he's doing an excellent job of just understanding, like, going forward, I have to be different. For the people out there that say that DeMarcus Cousins, Golden State, killing the NBA, blame your team. Blame your team for not making an offer to DeMarcus Cousins. I don't blame Cousins at all Thank for you. saying, look, there's there's no money out there for me right now. I'm going to go to a good situation with a great coach, a great organization, and I'm going to get myself a championship. I'm going to put a ring in my pocket when I hit free agency in the summer of 2019. I'm just going to increase my value. Yeah. That's all he's doing. He's increasing his value while getting healthy. It's any, any fan... Right now, like I said, man, great business move, great basketball move. And I tweeted in it. Everybody's like, what? He destroyed the game. Well, be mad at your general manager. Yeah. Be mad at your general manager that he didn't take a chance to, you know, buy low. And eventually when it when 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 the stock goes up in a matter of six months, you have a chance to retain him because you showed him some type of commitment and he's trying to show that loyalty loyalty to you going forward. Yeah, be nice for him to get himself a championship before he hits free agency well before the age uh, of 30. All right, it's Chris and Karan, Fox Sports Radio. We'll take a break when we come back. I do want to dive back into the Lakers. Uh, LeBron James eventually going to sign his contract out there. His teammates, uh, we know some of them are going to be. Rajon Rondo versus Lonzo Ball. How's that going to play out? We'll dive into all that. 877-996-6369 if you want to weigh in. 877-99-ON-FOX. Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports. Chris and Karan coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 877-996-6369 is the phone number. 877-99-ON-FOX. Chris Mannix, Karan Butler, also known as Blind Believer in Magic Johnson. Magic can do no wrong. Guy that's never been an executive before in a basketball sense in his life. Karan's already got him in the Hall of Fame again as an executive. Is that about right? Just close deals, man. Oh, yeah. Get deals yeah, done. Yeah. Got a deal done for Lance Stevens. That must have been tough. Bro. Rajon Rondo. Big market LeBron for him. LeBron James, man. Come <laughs> on. James. Did he get LeBron James or did Los Angeles get LeBron James? It's a combination of both, but he still closed the deal. Give me the percentages. I think 75% LA, 25% Magic. Yeah, he could have been a Clipper. That would have killed everybody. Like that could have easily happened. I can't see LeBron going to the Clippers. Plus, the Clippers don't have the flexibility that the Lakers have. The Clippers are a better team right now, but uh, they don't have anywhere near. Like they don't have the Brandon Ingrams. They don't have the Lonzos. They don't have the Kuzmas. Uh, they don't have the draft stuff. If Magic Johnson wasn't um, in 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 charge with the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James would not be a Laker. See, I disagree with that. Like, if it was the same management, Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak no. and those guys, no, I'm with you. If it was, like, what if they had gone out and got R.C. Buford from San Antonio? What if? What? Like, I think that would have closed the deal. I don't think so. Oh, I do. I Come on, I think he was still coming to Los Angeles. No. 
I didn't like. He would have signed a one in and one out. Why uh, do you with think? Cleveland. Why do you think Magic is this this great executive? Because he closed this. deals. Because a deal. I, LeBron. He no. He closed the deal. When whenever you close <laughs> no, the, the deal, the deal is a championship. The yeah. deal is well. When you can get the best player on the planet to come join your organization, um, even without you guys being a championship contention. And it sell him on the fact that he has to trust you because you're gonna have the same you share the same vision as he does in this four year window about his career going forward. That's huge. And then he put himself out there like, look, I'm 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 gonna deliver on my promises. Like I'm the guy that made the seamless transition from the basketball court to business. Yeah. He is the first. He is the poster child of this. The guy that went into the business space that did the franchising with Starbucks and the movie theaters and the TGI Fridays and everything else. Like he's the guy that we all had aspirations to be like, you know, away from the basketball court, but yes. from the business side. Yes. Magic is that dude, and now LeBron's doing that in that space now. Okay. As look, if we're gonna have a discussion about LeBron James benefiting from Magic Johnson's ability to grow an empire. Off the court. I'm all in on that. Magic Johnson's done that as well or better than any player in NBA history. It's his basketball acumen. It's his ability to identify talent. That's what worries me. You know why it worries me, Karan? Because there's documented evidence out there for it. There's Magic Johnson's Magic Twitter account that's out there. Let me give you just a couple of them here. Uh, 2014, Magic Johnson, private citizen. The Dallas Mavericks trade for Rajon Rondo puts them in a position to be a contender in the Western Conference. We get like a buzzer sound. Do we have those there? Can we? Can we can I we, think everybody felt that way at the time. Uh, you just said in the beginning of the show that the trajectory of Rajon Rondo's career at the time, he was a Hall of Famer uh, doing yes. all the things. So you would think that too, if he's going to the Dallas Mavericks, uh, young, okay, Dirk, but I'm not, Dirk still have I, a lot of basketball. We all thought that. But I'm not paid to be a basketball executive. I thought the same thing. Okay, but you're not paid to be a basketball executive at this point. I could be. I'm just <laughs> right. That's next. That's next in the Crown Butler Tour. Uh, here's another one. Uh, for all of you out there questioning Jimmer Fredette of BYU, he is the real deal. Jimmer Fredette is not the real deal, unless you're talking about the Guangdong whatevers over in, in Shanghai Shark. Shanghai. That's Shark. what he was yes. talking about. Yes. Yeah, he's like he's definitely going to get buckets that's over there. What he was talking about. Uh, great move by Phil Jackson, James Dolan, Steve Mills, hiring Derek Fisher as the new head coach of the New York Knicks. That was good at the time. That was not good at the time. That was, it wasn't a good deal. It was good. That day it was a good deal. And it's oh. Lakers for life. That's why he stuck in. You know, he was representing. Okay. April 9, 2013, Carmelo Anthony is on a mission to win the NBA championship. You know what all these old tweets this is what this is all we have to go off. Look, we playing spades, right? And I'm just on big joker you because you're throwing out a whole bunch of spades. You threw out the deuce, you threw out the ten, you threw out the six. Now I'm about to just hit you with the big joker, which is he got LeBron James. That's the I won the game, bro. I just ran a Boston on you. If Brandon Knight were to come out, I would take him number one in the draft. Come on, here comes that joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh well he had one in 2016 Laker Nation the Lakers should call LeBron James' agent we know he's going to stay in Cleveland but they should go after him just in case okay bro he's he, he's wrong once a year the only way San Antonio <laughs> or Miami don't win the championship is that. if neither makes the finals okay okay 
That's not even that's not even worth the buzzer. It doesn't make any sense. Bro, look how far they're going back. You had to go all the way back this to two thousand nine. No, I didn't. There was no two thousand nine. You went there was Rondo. 16, six, no, that wasn't two thousand nine. That was like three years ago. It felt like it. Uh two thousand eleven is the farthest back. Uh well, shit. What, Rondo, what year is this? The Rondo deal was 2014. What year is this? Uh, you just said you went back 2011 to scrape up some stuff on Magic. What year is this, bro? Okay, how about 2015? Awesome trade for the Thunder. Dion Waiters can catch and shoot and also create his own shot. Just what the Thunder need. See, e- even the, horrible, horrible, and that, really bad. <laughs> Dion was actually balling too. You want well, you stop defending him? I yes. Dion actually good player. Wound up working out well in Miami. Miami missed him in the playoffs this year. Might have not. Oh been, yeah, terrible. Philly. But look, this is all we have to go off of Magic Johnson. Like I'm just looking at the public body of work, and he used his Twitter account to voice his opinions. This is a guy that's now in charge of putting together the Lakers. You're right about LeBron James. I'll give you that. But when I see these tweets, Karan, it makes me think that the team Magic put around LeBron isn't quite going to work out like they're saying. Like, it's not going to work out that they're going to be this playmaking type of offense and LeBron's going to play through the post. No, they're going to be a stagnated half-court offense with guys that can't shoot. How much time you got? Not enough. You got enough time to, you know, make some adjustments. Well, this is a one-year... In- Look, it's a one-year team right now because yeah. this team's all going to be gone next year. Yeah. All the all the good vibrations we're doing talking about Rondo and Lance out the door next year when they try to bring in Durant or DeMarcus or whoever. Big picture is next season. Yeah. You just got to get by this year and, and, and get to the playoffs. Get LeBron the MVP for getting you guys to the playoffs and, 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 going, and going forward to the next thing. How many years do we give Magic Johnson to develop a winner? He's now got LeBron James. And now it's on him. You got to draft guys. You get all your draft picks. And now you're dealing with saying, like, you know why what would scare me if I'm the Lakers is how desperate they may be to get Kawhi Leonard. And and trade away the team? Forget the team. Like, you could take any player off the roster. I'd be worried about the draft picks. What got Brooklyn in trouble wasn't, you know, giving up, you know, Keith Bogans. <laughs> they gave like up their that. future. They gave up everything down the line. And that would scare me because, if you know, the people out there that are like, I'd deal a pick in 2021. You don't know what that pick is. You don't know what LeBron James is going to be like in 2021. Do you think the Nets went into last season or into, went into that season being like, oh, I'm not worried about those draft picks or I'm, I'm worried about those draft picks? No, they thought they were going to be a contending team for years and they'd be handing over Boston uh, picks in the 20s. Instead, they gave up swap rights, which turned out worse for Brooklyn, and they gave up those draft picks, which are bad for Brooklyn. So my biggest fear, if I'm thinking about Magic and Rob Palenka, is how deep into the well of draft picks do they go to try to get Kawhi? Look, it it all depends on what LeBron James is feeling after coming back from his uh, vacation. Mm -hmm. And and when he comes back and he sits down with Magic and they have that conversation saying, look, I, I think we could propose a trade that looks something like this. It may cost us this. How do you feel about that? And if they're all on the same page going forward, then that's what it's going to be. I, Me personally, I just think that you can't give up the future and you also can't, you know, roll the dice so much on the, the, the young wealth of talent that you do have in existence because these guys are going to be over, like extra motivated to play. Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo Ball, I'm hoping. Like, it's, it's just a lot of young talent right there. 
already, and I just, you know, I, I wouldn't give up on those guys. All right, we're going to talk more about Magic Johnson. I want to get away on this as well. Do you think Magic Johnson is a good general manager? Do you think he's the right man to lead the Lakers? Do you have faith in Magic Johnson as the Lakers GM? 877-996-6369, 877-99-ON-FOX. Because one guy, Karan, I, I think he liked the GM he had in place in Oklahoma City. That was Paul George. We'll talk more about that next. Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we'll check in with David Gascon first. Guys, I, I do return with lots of things going on in Major League Baseball. A couple of winning streaks are on the line today. Astros and Red Sox both have five-game runs right now. Houston's taking on the Chicago White Sox. They're scoreless right now in the second inning. Red Sox and Royals just underway. Bottom of the first inning from KC. There is no score. J.D. Martinez not in the starting lineup today after catching a foul ball to his left calf just yesterday. Reds and Cubs underway as well. There's no score, but Chicago is threatening with a couple runners on and one out in the bottom of the first inning. Marlins in the top of the Nationals, 3-1 to one in that affair. And Daniel Murphy does have an RBI single in the plate the first run for Washington. Rangers 3-0 over the Tigers in Detroit. Giancarlo Stanton's 2-for-3. Yankees on top of the Blue Jays in Toronto, one to nothing. Onward to the NBA, Sacramento Kings' Marvin Bagley. He tweaked his right hip just yesterday in a summer league match. Up. So tomorrow he's going to have an MRI. Devin Booker, Chris Paul both signed their deals. Booker gets $158 million on a five-year contract to stay in Phoenix. And Chris Paul will be in Houston for quite a while. Four years and $160 million coming his way. Gentlemen, back to you. It's Chris and Karan, Fox Sports Radio. Chris Mannix, Karan Butler coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or Call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Devin Booker getting that Karan Butler money, getting that contract. Oh, man, Devin Booker got paid. Five years, $148 million. Chris Paul, too. Sheesh. That's a lot of money. Winning. That's a lot of winning. (laughs) Chris Chris Paul is a winner. Devin Booker, I'm still not sure what Devin Booker is. Good offensive player. Got to be a more complete player to earn that kind of cash. That 70 piece. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they lost that game. But I'm saying he's showing he can score, man. He's showing he can he score can the score. basketball. So, like, having a future with that type of promise, man, he's you know, young. What's yeah. interesting about Booker, and now they're trying to really dig into a rebuild in Phoenix. They got Booker at the guard. They got DeAndre Ayton at the five. They've got two, you know, franchise cornerstones there. I wonder if all the losing takes its toll on a guy like Devin Booker. Like, do you have to break him of habits? They've got a very good new coach there. Uh, and, and Igor Kokosikov, um, he is a excellent uh, basketball developmental coach. You got it, but it's like with Philadelphia when they were going through what they went through. You got to break some of these guys of some really bad habits to uh, to make them turn the corner and turn them into a winning team. But 148 million dollars—that's a pretty strong commitment from the Phoenix Suns to uh, Devin Booker. Yeah, and and you know, like I said, well deserved. He's going to earn it. I think he's going to live up to it. And, and surpass it and beyond because I think he's going to be a, a all-star in this league. I think he has his time coming uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Now you saw, to, to turn it back to Paul George, you saw the comments that Paul George made in part three of that uh, series he did at his own free agency. To paraphrase them, he basically took a shot at the Lakers and said, look, they didn't acquire me, Oklahoma City did. He gave Oklahoma City, it, it was a check, uh, check in the box of Oklahoma City, of staying in Oklahoma City, that they went out and were aggressive and retained him, uh, and he said, "You know, the Lakers they didn't, and that showed him something about that." Do you think that factors in now with Kawhi Leonard? Because I can make the argument, Karan, 
that Paul George's desire to play in Los Angeles and play for the Lakers in 2017, it exceeds what Kawhi Leonard's desire to play with the Lakers is. Because Kawhi, while being a Southern California guy, if he didn't get hurt this year, he'd be signing a five-year max-level extension with San Antonio right now. If he didn't go through all he went through with that team this season, I think he's probably still there. Well, I, I, I agree with that, but I think it all it all comes down to what like feeling like you're the, the the main focus and the priority. And I think that, you know, ultimately the best player on the planet, who's LeBron James still, was the priority for the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought that they wanted to seal the deal with him and make sure that he was the carrot to draw others in. And, you know, that that's that's what it was. And I think Paul George probably looked at that situation and was like, the the main priority in in this case with OKC is me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that, and that's how I want to be viewed as. And also, you have to look at the history of Paul George and what happened when he played with the Olympic team. He had the injury, and you want to secure, you know, max dollars and things like that. He, he's he been uh, subject to the same conversation that we're talking about with DeMarcus Cousins where he had an injury where people was like, he'll never be the same. Um, he's not going to get max dollars no more, young talent, but, you know, he'll never be the version of himself like that again. And now he here he goes again the max mm-hmm. so it it happened for him and i think he had all those things in the back of his head when he made this ultimate ultimate decision of staying with OKC i think if you're to to move it to Kawhi, i think if you're the lakers you have to be real nervous about the team that san antonio ultimately trades him to if you don't if they don't trade him to the Lakers. Let's say they trade him to New York. Let's say the Knicks can put together a package of draft picks. You throw in Kevin Knox, who's looking pretty good at Summer League. You throw in Frank Neal Aquina. Uh, Let's say the Knicks put together a package that is appealing to the San Antonio Spurs. You can't count on Kawhi Leonard leaving New York. Like You can't count on him just walking to L.A. They tried that. You know, Paul George is from that area. Paul George, in that uh, first video he did on ESPN, talked about his overwhelming desire as a kid to wear the purple and gold. He wanted to be a Laker, and he wound up staying in Oklahoma freaking city. So, if you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard who gets traded to New York, he winds up playing with Porzingis, I don't think you can count on him walking to LA at the end of the season. So I think if I'm the Lakers, I'm getting proactive here. Again, I don't give up the store. I don't go, you know, here's three draft picks and two swap rights. I don't do that. But I try to find some equitable solution while hoping that Kawhi continues to put out the message that he only wants to play in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's that's all you can hope for. And not only that, you got to hope that San Antonio is okay with dealing him in the conference. I think they will be. Yeah, I hope so. Because, look, it, it's going to make good for basketball, you know, to see a guy like Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, par- pairing up with LeBron James and, you know, the other talented guys that they're going to have on this roster just for this season. But you thinking about the future – and going forward, you know, Kawhi Leonard is still young enough. Um, LeBron's still dominant enough, showing no signs of declining. Mm-hmm. Possibly add another component to that team next summer. Like, it's just so many things. So, it, it's going to be exciting times for the, the Lake Show and obviously the NBA. I mean, if Kawhi Leonard winds up getting traded to a place that he wants to play at, whether it's New York, Brooklyn, even Boston, if they can put together something, um, it, it again shrinks the pool of potential free agents the Lakers are going to look to sign. Now, there's still some big names out there. Durant is going to be out there. Klay Thompson is going to be out there. Uh, of course, DeMarcus Cousins, which is naming Warriors now at this point. <laughs> All these guys 
that are going to be out there. That, but that, that's still it's crazy, right? Yeah, it's just like it's all these warriors that'll be free agents. What do you think? You're, you're friendly with Durant. What do you think he's thinking um, at this point? I mean, look, he signs a one year contract, which opens the door wide for the possibility that after a third championship, another Finals MVP, that he could take a hike and get out of town. What do you think he's thinking? <laughs> Win another championship and uh, capitalize on another opportunity of winning another MVP and just running the table. So that'll be, you know, uh, a regular season MVP, which he has. Um, he'll be a three-time champion, a three-time finals MVP. I mean, he'll be considered one of the – he's already considered one of the greats by, you yep. know, players and stuff. But, like, universally, I think people will start viewing him like, yo, he's – one of the greatest players ever to play the game of basketball. You got to put him in the top 15, 20s, or whatever. And I think now, what you touched on earlier in the show, he could possibly go back to OKC. He could possibly go play with the Lakers and, you know, join forces with LeBron. I mean, it's it's all up to him. He's going to probably be the best player in basketball, you know, uh, next summer. And I think going forward, he's going to have that window where he has – uh, opportunity to dom- dominate and lead the way he wants to lead, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, at the end of next season, he's going to be 30 years old. He'll probably have three championships. He'll probably have another Finals MVP. His legacy in some ways will be secured, except for maybe going back to Oklahoma City and fulfilling you know, kind of the promise of that team early on. Maybe he wants to go play in the East Coast, you know, play in New York, and, bu- and build his brand up in that market. I think he's I think there's as big a danger of losing Kevin Durant next summer as there's ever been uh, for Golden State. Not this past year, uh, and certainly not the year before that. It's this this offseason that's going to be a huge one for Kevin Durant. The other part of this, too, is that you know when I talk to people around that team, that are, are around those players, they're, they're fine in that locker room, but I don't, think they're, I don't think they're best of friends anymore. I think the first year was kind of that honeymoon year. Everybody kind of got along. I think this year, this past year was a little bit different. I think there was more, and David West kind of alluded to it and didn't get too deep into it. From what I heard, not everybody loved each other on that team this year. Yeah, and but that's, you know, you're so familiar with one another that you go through that process, you go through those phases, and that's why it, I feel like it was it was going to be a, a, a new overhaul of, you know, seven on out yeah. or six on out on the bench because you need – new personalities to freshen up. You need new stories in the locker room. You need, you know, the trips. You know, it's a long season, and, you know, you have to police yourself, you know, from a mental standpoint, conditioning standpoint, plan standpoint. So now you add more personalities in that locker room that can keep everything fresh, and going forward, the season won't be as long as it it, it felt like, and guys will be a little more engaged. Yeah. Won't be interesting this year. They'll get another championship this year, but could this be the end of the Warriors dynasty after this season? It's possible. It's possible they could be significantly uh, broken up. All right, it's Chris and Garan here on Fox Sports Radio. When we come back, I do want to dive into an interesting dynamic out in L.A. Rondo versus Lonzo, the uh, battle for the point guard position in Los Angeles. A former teammate of, of uh, Rajan Rondo is Karan Butler. We'll dive to that next. Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports. The GOAT. I'll give you the GOAT. There you go. Chris, he's the greatest entertainer of all time. I will dispute that. Hands down, greatest entertainer of all time. I'm with you. <laughs> Shimon. <laughs> so great. cold he made up words. 
Great news. A quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Final segment of the show. Final show for Chris and Karan here on Fox Sports Radio. Karan Butler will be sailing off into uh, what a hibernation, vacation. What do you what do you call it there? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hibernating. Man. See, I got to stick it out, man, until Kawhi gets dealt. I just got to keep keep grinding it down, man. I, I'll pop in and call in when that situation <laughs> happens. But besides that, man, I'm off the grid for two months. Yeah. Oh man, I envy you there. I take two weeks off at the end of the end of Ooh. August, and I sit back. But when I took my two weeks off last year, you know what happened in the middle of that? What happened? Kawhi, uh, Kyrie Irving got traded. <laughs> that was last year, late August. Kyrie, I get a call because he gets, of course, and of course, not only does he get traded, he gets traded to like the team in the city that I'm closest to, and that I do TV for and everything. Uh-huh. So I get a call, and I'm in Maine, and I've got to be like 13 beers deep on the beach, it's like six o'clock in the evening. <laughs> And it's like, can, it's like, can you come on TV uh, over the phone? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, for what? It's like, Kyrie got traded. I'm like, oh, I haven't checked Twitter in three days. I don't know what's going on out there. Not happening. Worst possible thing. But that's what's going to happen. He'll get traded. This is what will happen. He'll get traded to Boston. It'll be like Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and a first. And that's Sacramento first. That's cool. That, that's, a, that's a good trade. That's a good trade. I agree. I, I'll go with that. That's but they, Boston won't do that unless they get to stare at those medicals for at least a few days. And that would still scare them. Because Kyrie, or for, I'm sorry, I keep saying Kyrie, Kawhi, there are people in the organization that are going to be nervous about his ability to come back until he comes back. Yeah. Until they see him play 35 minutes in a game, what's he look like? I mean, he missed almost all last season. I think it was it wasn't it wasn't the health though. At the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he could have you know made his way back. I mean, I'm just I'm not going to pull a Tony Parker and go in his body and say what he could do mm-hmm. or what he felt, but I just feel like you know it was the relationship that was broken why he didn't. Make himself available. Yeah. Is that is that a stench on him? Is that a negative for him, though, as you start looking at trades? I mean, teams are thinking about this. They're wondering, all right, did, did this guy quit on his team? And you can make an argument that he did quit on his team last year. And yep. Even not showing up. And we've talked about this in the show. Not showing up for playoff games, even the ones in San Antonio, that's not a good look for uh, Kawhi Leonard. You also can make an argument that the team quit on him. Yeah. You know, like whenever people go public about their feelings and what they feel about you and your injuries and things, one thing is sacred in the NBA locker room is never question someone's availability on the basketball court. When someone said you can't question an injury, somebody said they back hurt, you got to take it with the greatest. Like, that's what it is. Like, dang, you can't go, can't go. You can't question that. You don't know how people can feel. You're not an Avenger. You can't jump in someone's body <laughs> and, and just know what they're feeling in the pulse of the situation. So, once Tony Parker and and guys start commenting publicly about that, I, I knew it was a wrap. I said that 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 relationship is fractured forever. Twenty years this Spurs dynasty has been going on, about twenty one, I think, and now it seems like we've finally seen the end of uh, San Antonio. Tony Parker signs with Charlotte to be a backup uh, to to Kemba Walker out wow. there. I mean, that says something. Manu Ginobili. Probably looking more and more like we're not going to see Manu Ginobili play ever again. I think he wants to play on some level, but does he really want to come back to San Antonio, which could be in a rebuilding mode? Though I should say, Ginobili almost signed with Philadelphia. Uh, what was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, one year. Yeah, uh, Bloom payment. Big, big. Uh, the, I think the the Reddick deal, basically, what Reddick got. Yeah. I, I could see Ginobili going out and signing a one year deal with somebody else if he still wants to keep playing at that level. Yeah, I, I can see that possibly happening, but you know, you, you you think about the story of basketball and you think about him and. Uh, Tim Tim Duncan and Tony Parker and those guys, what they've been able to accomplish, you know, and and he was straddling the fence last season on coming back. So I I don't think that we'll see him again. 
um, in, in in the association, it's, it's a strong possibility that he may just lean towards retirement. All right, let me ask you quickly. Rondo and Lonzo in L.A., how do you think that plays out? Rondo gets the one-year deal. Lonzo's the number two pick in the draft. But Rondo's got the high basketball IQ, and Lonzo, a lot of question marks there. Look, you, you, you're going to try it out. You're going to see uh, for yourself. You know, first of all, you, you prefer, I think, Rondo to be at the helm because he's done it before, and you want to win. You want to win. You want to play basketball in the right way. But, look, if Lonzo's healthy enough and he's coming, coming into training camp looking like he should look and making shots and doing all the things, you give him the shot. You give him the opportunity. He is the young, talented guy that you're looking to – forward to building around in the future but mm-hmm. if that's not the case you got rondo right there ready to go that'll be interesting karan it's been a pleasure my friend um we're gonna have open tryouts here for your slot for the next couple of months <laughs> my suggestion was we bring in the rest of the washington wizards from your years there oh geez uh antoine jameson is going to be in next week oh, uh brendan haywood is going to come in after that do you have any other suggestions for um i think I think one of them's in jail. Uh, we can't do that. Uh, <laughs> bring all my guys. Bring, bring yeah. all your guys back. Somebody else will be sitting in the uh, Karan Butler chair. But it's been great work with you, Karan. Likewise, Did a terrific brother. job, man. And we'll be back, you and I, at some point during the NBA season. Stick around for more on Fox Sports Radio. This is it for Chris and Karan. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds at casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.